This is Kat on SDT Talk, and I am sitting here with Brittany from Babe Cave. We're actually in her kind of dining area, and she set up this adorable kind of tea party. Um, so I'm going to introduce her, and she's going to tell me a little bit about herself and tell me about this tea arrangement as well, because it's freaking adorable. So hi, Brittany. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Are you nervous? I am so nervous. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm a chatty person, and I'm personable in person, but of course, when you think like that um, that moment could be replayed or reviewed kind of thing, then, you know, you get a little bit more like, okay, mind your manners or whatnot, but here I am. So. Yeah, we don't have manners on <laughs> no, this podcast. No, no so. definitely. <laughs> and that's, that's part of why I haven't started podcasts. I think, like, it's, it's forever. You know, mm-hmm. like, what you say, you can't, you know, they can find it in five years, right, and be like, yeah. I can't believe you, you know, said this you or that. that. Yeah, and it's like the goodness you think it's easy to judge someone I judge people you know and so then what you say something wrong and it's like misintended or it's out of context but yeah in, in context you know the intent was very you know good and pure yeah so I always wonder like oh gosh <laughs> when you're nervous and you say things that aren't even like incorrect or opposite or yeah yeah things like that where I, later it's like you said this and it's yeah. like I didn't mean that well you said it it's well like, you said oh. it I try not to worry about that so much on this podcast I mean we're not we hardly get into anything political I think right, the most right political and I'm doing like air quotes right now is when we talk about like estheticians versus advanced and any of the stuff that's going on I mean that's about as political as we get oh yeah I don't Um, don't mean politics just saying yeah this is how we do it and then you find out that's not how we do it or you know right this is this is what when I did it and you're like oh that was years off you know I'm dyslexic it's like oh yeah it was 2018 oh shoot it was 19 I don't know it was (laughs) it's like you say things in numbers and yeah I just say don't even try it don't even worry about it don't think too much into it and like the nice thing is if I ever do say something that's like wildly incorrect I will go back on here or at least my plan is to come back on here and be like hey remember when I said this thing on this episode oopsie it's actually this and so like correcting myself which I actually learned from a different podcast called my favorite murder I love listening to them and they have something called a correction corner and so they, they get things wrong all the time. And they'll have, an, uh, in the beginning of, like, a certain episode, they'll be like, hey, remember when we said that that building was 5,000 feet tall? Yeah. It was actually only this, you know. So they put it into that exact they, episode? So um, like They'll they put re- it in the next episode. Okay, okay, yeah, cool. but so it's not in that one, like, how you can edit the text on a post and be like, where you can, it's you can not, put it in but, there and say, oh, as of now, this yeah. is a correction. It's not, but that's not a bad idea, actually, like, for me specifically. You upload the same one, kind of yeah. add it in, edit it. Yeah. You listen in a chronological order, because the next episode might talk about the last, so it makes sense for them. But for me, you're right, it would probably make sense to just add it to the end and be like, oh. hey, it's yeah. me. Remember right. when I said this? Found out it's this. Found out I'm wrong. Found out I'm stupid. (laughs) Or when you add to it even. Yeah, yeah. Just like, that could be, you know, um, not enough information or something. So, yeah. Yeah. It's exciting for sure. I definitely was glad because, um, like I was telling you earlier, Mm -hmm. um, I was having tea for three, which was an idea for a podcast, um, with my bestie. And then like a third person would be the third. Mm -hmm. And, um, we started having it with my friend Noelle and it just, we were like, oh yeah, we're just like demo trialing and we just keep doing without doing any podcasting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, just getting a feel for like, you know, the everything as far as like the flow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even just the timing for me, because I'm setting up a tea party to have it where 
you know what's good to have and what's good not to have like what holds like when mm -hmm. to, when do you put out the um the cream you know so it doesn't get like all the little tiny things so I have never done it I probably never will do it even <laughs> though this is inspiring me to be like just push yourself and just do the podcast because you know yeah again, it's like getting ideas and not taking the pictures to post content mm -hmm. but there's three steps there the idea the content and then the editing so yes like, I'm a little bit closer this is making me closer to like oh I should just be recording the next ones and even if I never post that I'm a yeah. step closer to having the content to actually then edit or pay someone to edit or do the the podcast but mm -hmm. as you surely know and I don't there's you have to have um a flow right you have you put a lot of thought into what questions you're going to ask what's going to make what would the viewers and listeners want to listen to and yeah. hear that and so that's even more time that I don't have so I in know. my mind it's like okay I ha we all want to do this and want to have a platform that you know is um sh sharing and adding value to the world especially like um I heard you say in previous podcasts mm -hmm. you have all you already have all these you know, conversations with connections. So mm -hmm. why not record them and why not make it to where it shares with the rest of the world? Right. And that's awesome, but it takes a lot of time for you. It takes a lot. So as much as I'm in the same way where I'm mm -hmm. always like giving value to things and trying to like give everything I have, but then it's not, there's more than just like, yeah, I wish this was a fly on the wall recorded. Right. <laughs> you still have to edit yes. it. And yeah, no, I, so I'm like, I'm so inspired. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm super nervous. As you know, I'm talking a lot, but you know, <laughs> what's new, what's new. So. No. And I think this setup is really cute. And actually I think it's a really good idea. I mean, I won't do the whole thing, but at least right. offering like my guests something to drink when they come. I don't even do that. Cause like, I don't want them to feel nervous that like, can I take a sip? But I actually right. think that this helps, um, open up like right. it's yeah. really nice and I like that idea I love it so I love it what is it cute. community over competition yes like absolutely something that is enjoyable for everyone right you know like sure you have to find your little thing your little niche but mm -hmm. even doing the exact same thing there's different there's not there's too many people you yeah. know there's like, different what, ways what are we both and... fighting for Obama or something right. like, we can't like interview the same people you, you can't know? serve like, everybody tea <laughs> well you can't you just there's too much information yeah. you know out there so it's like what even if we, you ask the same exact questions to every single one of your people it can still be enjoyable because it's about the answers of yep. those people so and everyone has different yeah, answers and, and that that feedback you know of course yeah. is for the listener and what works for some people, like some people say, I love using Groupon and other people are like, I would never fucking use Groupon. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, so maybe for that person's business, it's similar to yours and you are going to take their advice over this person's, right? Yeah. So everybody Explaining has something. Understanding that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have lots yeah. of opinions on Groupon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving forward. Moving forward. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, what, I mean, is there anything before we kind of get into like what made you want to become an esthetician? Is there anything you want to talk about as far as like who you are, um, what, yeah, just who you are as a person and kind of... Well, I don't, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, did we, what, did I, did I even introduce myself? Did you? I don't know. <laughs> I know like, I, I'm Brittany Violet. I own the Babe Cave in Portland, yeah. Oregon, um, southeast side, and <laughs> um, for anyone that doesn't know, the south of everywhere is always the worst, right? The south side <laughs> of town is always the south side of town, so... Um, I'm not in the downtown Q area, but either way, I am suited more, um, I'm marketed more and suited more to the average person. Like in general, the beauty industry, of course, you want to have like, if, as a business owner, you want to have the most high end clients. You want to make the most money. Therefore you provide a very high end service. 
um, with surroundings and environment that's very high, and then you track high-end people. Makes yeah. sense because then you can charge the most and make the most for your hours. Um, good business. I'm not a good business person in that aspect to where I'm just like, okay, but I'm not a high-end person. I didn't grow up high-end. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have that social aesthetic. And so I'm just going to, and I thought in the beginning I needed to, right? Like I was in high-end salons downtown, like, and you know, of course you can play the part. No one is judgy. Like all, they're all wonderful people. Huh. You know, I have some high-end clients, but it's still a sense of like, feeling like the average person in my marketing is more like in general, like who, when you take business classes, are like, who's your avatar? Who's your person? What do they look like? What do they sound like? Where do they go? Where do they work out? Like, I'm like, my person like doesn't work out. Like, <laughs> you know, like they don't have time. They're just average people. No, being funny. I'm, I'm just being funny because yeah. obviously we all work out and do our own thing and right, there's right. a level of activity. But in general, I, when I take business classes, they're like, oh, you know, go to the high end you know, um, fitness places because those places yeah. are people that already have the money and priority. Like the Pilates. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that's genius. That's, of course, like you have to right. find your people. But in the same breath, I'm thinking they'd look two, two seconds at me and be like, <laughs> you're not my people. So point is, I, I market towards um, average, just the people that feel average about themselves. Yeah. Like I'm more, and I think it's a mismarket, right? Mm-hmm. We have the underdogs, the very like under taken care of um women that are abused and battered and you know and then and that's obviously we're drawn to that in the the world as as humans for humanity Mm -hmm. to take care of and then you have of course that's not a good business place they don't have anything to give right Mm -hmm. so then you have the sense of the high end and I just realized I was like no there's a middle ground it just says average moms average women average girls like um that are just like don't time for themselves but do want to do things for themselves so they're you know doing this and that but they're not really nailing it (laughs) you know they don't have those those years of um, experience behind it. So anyways, that's at least my interpretation from my eyes of obviously a reflection of how I critique and think of myself. So therefore I think, oh, I just want the other girls that are like me. Right. Even though I have girls tell me, you always look so put together. I'm like, what? (laughs) You know what? Like, oh, because I wear dresses a lot because that's an instant outfit. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, and there's no waistline. (laughs) So it's comfortable, you know? like, you have no idea what's going on. It's like, is this a nightgown movie or is this a really cute Amazon find? Right. <laughs> and it looks like I'm like all girly. And, you know, I grew up a tomboy, like super, super tomboy. It wasn't until after I had my son in my 20s that I actually ever cut my hair, yeah. put makeup on, took off my, you know, cargo pants. <laughs> like, so it's actually a sense of like, it is new to me. Granted, I'm in my mid-30s now, so clearly I've, you know, had it. I have become a different person yeah. than maybe what I used to be. Or you got to, I feel like your childhood is how you think, you identify yourself, right? Yeah. And you become somebody once you become that person, which it's some somewhere in adolescence, Yeah. you know, uh, 10 to 20 in there, somewhere in there you, you peak. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Mine was definitely in late 20s as yeah. far as what I would consider my peak. But, you know, the point is once yeah. you decide, like, oh, this is where I'm at, who I am, what's going on. Um, then you, you tend to identify as that. And then later in life, you're like, no, that's like three decades ago. It's not you anymore. Right. Like, it's okay to re-identify. So I'm getting off on a tangent that has nothing to do <laughs> with business. And this is why I don't have a podcast, because it would end up being some kind We'd of... We'd be talking about, like, llamas. intellectual <laughs> thing that's, like, psychology. That is the podcast I like listening to, is the psychology stuff, the self-help. So I think that's yeah. where um, what comes easy and natural to me to talk about. So we'll get back to the fun business yeah. stuff. Um, so that's me. Hi, I'm Brittany Violet. Um, I'm also <laughs> a, uh, the point of this, well, we'll edit this out, right? Right. Okay. It's entertaining. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the more nervous I get, the more I talk in circles. So, um, I am an 
the most thing important thing for you to know is I'm an Elibana um, trainer and distributor, and I think maybe that's what I was trying to get to. Of like, but it's not who I am, right? So <laughs> we're like, who are you? It's like I have nothing to do with business. That's not who I am. You're like, no, this that's is me. the point. <laughs> um, as far as our listeners, yeah. So yeah. I, um, the Oregon Elibana um, trainer and distributor. Um, more of those sounds. So each Elibana has a trainer in most every state. There are some states they're looking for trainers in. Okay. There are some states that have a lot of people, like California, that have mm-hmm. multiple trainers. But they, um, as they evolve, have created different caps on areas and things of like that. Mm-hmm. So um, the, according to our um, per capita of <laughs> Oregon yeah. and the space we have, um, I am the only one in Oregon. Whereas, like, in more concentrated places, they're going to have more people. Right, that um, makes sense. To do that. So that's something that people don't understand or, or in theory want to understand yeah. how that works. Um, as far as dis- distribution, obviously though, there's no, like I can't train outside of Oregon unless I get permission okay. is what I'm saying by that. And yeah, vice yeah. versa, someone can't come in and train here. As far as Elibana, there are plenty of people that are not Elibana reps that can make their own course yeah. and train whatever they want and use Elibana's products because we can't, we can't monitor that. Of course, they frown upon it. They don't want that because they want their Elibana person that has direct information and right. top of the line, up to dated, you know, procedures. But right. anybody can do what they want. They can't spend their whole. <laughs> but to be clear for everyone listening, if you're not in Oregon specifically trained by Brittany, even if you're trained with Elibana products, you are not certified through Elibana. Right. So if I leave tomorrow, they kick me out tomorrow. You yeah. are still backed by Elibana. Exactly. You know, you're an artist by them. You've been you've been through their course and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's pretty rigid, rigid, like yeah. they definitely don't make it easy to get certified by them in the way of, they just want it to be really in depth. You know, they yeah. want to make sure that you have competency. You didn't just show up, go, Oh my God, girl, this was so fun. And then get a piece of paper and leave. And everyone's happy for right. what the money they spent. And I see that a lot where it's like, you have a great trainer. Obviously you're not gonna have a trainer that's like bad, I hope. Right. But if they're giving you a piece of paper that they made, then it, what does that represent? Like, yeah. is that, that's not even going to be covered by your insurance because it's not manufactured. Sure. Uh, if there's an incident, how many people yeah. have incidents? Nobody. Yeah, I mean, it's a very rare that you're going to have any incident that needs your insurance to cover right. you. But as far as the insurance manufacturers, yeah, it, it, that's what they want. They want your manufacturer. So it's kind of, and I think of it like lash extensions. Most people that do lash extensions, they understand that the industry evolves so much that they want to do training every year for the newest thing. So, right, right whether uh, classics, the hybrids, to volumes, to Russian volumes. To wet to, set now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all the, the spikes. The So, there's just so much like that. Well, lash lifting is a sense a perm to the hair. So, you think, okay, right. look, I mastered it. I'm done. Yeah. But everything I learned from the beginning back in 2015, 16, it has changed. It's changed Our, so and, much. Yeah. And yes, the concept's the same, of course. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, if you're a hairstylist that goes to the school in the 80s and you know how to do the perm, sure, it's a perm. Like, the, the chemistry and science is the same. But do you evolve as an artist in that mm-hmm. 20 years later? And what you learn 20 years later is going to be, a, you don't have to do this and this that you did have to do. And so kind of like our new products that allow you to not have to glue them down to the eye. Well, mm-hmm. if you don't get a new training, you don't really know that. And so... Right. I do think that even that there can absolutely be trainers that do an excellent job and they give you their tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. So keep doing one each year, you know, get trained yeah. by someone that obviously going to get trained, right. <laughs> you change it up, you know, get yeah. trained by different people. But it does, it does um, intrigue me when I think of all the people that get, tr- spend a lot of money, you know, over a over thousand dollars on a lash yes. lift training by a really popular girl, which is probably a great trainer, you know, yeah, yeah. and, and then 
at the end of the day, they don't even have, they haven't even gotten an Alibana certification. That's the product they're using. And I know because they end up, you know, in my DMs asking questions and that's fine. Yeah. But also like you, you're showing that you value, you're going to spend a lot of money on a certification and you're going to put that in, but then like, that's the end of the road for you. Like you've invested and you're done. Yeah. And it doesn't really work that way. It, I don't think it should work that way. Yeah. It can obviously like if you're happy with what you got. Yeah. Like, well, even, I mean, estheticians are required to do continued education and supplement them to the board. We're supposed to, yeah. which I need to do mine. Yeah. Speaking of, that just reminded me, um, which I'll be doing yeah. our training yes. and I need yes. to still send you my photos. I'm yeah. like, it, it, you, you have not been that long. It, okay, good. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> it does take time. And that, that is, um, like what she's referring to is to get certified. You have to, um, do five models and turn in before, during, and after pictures, as well as um, some specs and context as far as um, kind of like a recipe, telling us that you not only, you know, understand how I did this, but that you can re-replicate that, and then also explain the steps you did to replicate that, so that it shows each step you understand with intent, yeah. and that will help you better. And then later, even if there is a spot where you, like, forget a certain thing or don't know, you're at least able to have that lingo down and understand and really yeah. get the context, so... It is a lot to do as far yeah. as turning that in. It's a little... <laughs> and five of each, because I took your... I did lash lifts, and I did <clears throat> brow mm-hmm. lamination and tent. Yeah. And so I Combo. have to do ten total, or yes, yeah, two on two one certifications. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. just a, a bonus to that, doing the combo, of course, because you get to do a um, client two at once. Right. So you're kind of saving them time. Of course, it's all the more of a glow up because mm-hmm. you know the lashes add that little bit of feminine touch the brows add that little bit of youthful touch together you can do either separately and they're fine but yeah. together there's just an overall just like wow factor that's really the best bang for their buck and mm-hmm. for your time so it's definitely nice but it's hard to go let me learn lashes let me learn brows let me learn lashes and brows at the same time and do yeah. it at the same time I know it's a little overwhelming I was so nervous with the timing and mm-hmm. I was like I think I messed up the timing and, but like, obviously you were there to help me and be like, okay, if you did six minutes and I was like right. doing math and I was like, I swear to God, I know how to do math, but I'm so like, it goes blank when someone's staring yeah, at you. Yeah. You were staring at me and, and I was that's like, that's why I, I, I feel like in that moment though, I'm able to push you to really, I'm like boot camp, Like, yeah. like tell me, you know, <laughs> how many minutes, six minutes, you're wrong. <laughs> no, that's how it goes. But like, it does implement because I bet you from that experience, you remember that like, oh yeah, you were blanking. And then I'm like, no, make sure. And, and when I'm asking you that, and mm-hmm. you have the security to know that this is in between step, you haven't introduced solution yet. So this is where you have those brain fart moments mm-hmm. and it's safe. You're not actually going to like burn the casserole because it's cooking <laughs> and you didn't get right. to do it right like right. I do think of this whole step like any science mm-hmm. cooking is science so think yeah. of it like uh, you know you can watch Rachel Ray make something and go oh my god that was so easy and make it and then you go to make it and you're like why is this timing off why am I not doing this right all right. she did was stir it and pour it and you're like the stirring is off it's not doesn't right look like and that then, yeah there's yeah. Just, there's all these like minor steps beyond explaining a b and c but there's a one two three four five like don't do this, do that, overdo mm-hmm. this, not such a, all those steps that I explain in my training that I feel like is very detailed that um, I've seen and done other trainings and there's just not that same level of detail. Sure, they're yeah. giving you all the steps, but they're not giving you all the tips of how to break down that step and to mm-hmm. understand that step. So I think that's really important for sure in, in training and what, um, as much as I'm ADHD and talk a lot, that <laughs> is what I'm going to do. You're going to pick my brain and I'm going to spill every single step and then yeah. I'm walking, I'm like, looking at you to see 
what are you doing that I think you're doing just blindly? Because mm-hmm. you saw me say, stir it, and you stirred it. But why are you stirring? What angle are you stirring at? How fast are you stirring? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I keep explaining it's cooking because we just understand that. Whereas not Cooking's everyone understands. Yeah, but yeah. you but to not explain all the, like, solution, all the little steps in the applications, that kind of thing. But Yeah. You have an Amazon package coming. Oh, yay. <laughs> that's, hey, that's the life, right? Yay. <laughs> I have so much Amazon coming every day of, like, products for work and, like, new sponges, and they probably hate me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that that is really cool that Elibana only allows so many trainers per, like, capita, like you were saying. That's the Amazon guy, everybody. Um, I think that's really important because yeah. when there's... Oversaturation over, is definitely, yeah. like, it gets to be a little competitive and that's not the idea. Yeah. And you can't, you know, you can't help that that's the way it is as far as a industry as a whole right um but there is also a sense of again instead of looking at naturally business is competition it just Mm -hmm. is but instead of looking at that and looking going no but I want to fight for my people the end not all Mm -hmm. the people just my people right and who are my people that's each to each their own you know and um it's and your people are doesn't have to actually be like the people you vibe with, but people that either like how close you are, mm-hmm. people that like your pricing, people that like the simplicity or complexity of mm-hmm. your site, how much you give them, how little you give them, like what what is you know enjoyable for right. that customer, yeah, and or student or however you know it's like that's what's important as far as each area as far mm-hmm. as for, for business, and then of course within Alibana, it's like we're all like a little family because that's the way the company wants it to be like, Hey, this is not competition. Mm -hmm. But yet there is a sense of like, if you're not, you still have to hold yourself to high, high standards. It's like healthy competition. Yeah. Like, because you have to, you could be relevant tomorrow. Like, you know, this is a um, high end company. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, I do business differently than them. They're a very high end company with great, like wonderful, you know, I'm happy to be a part of it and um, be amongst some of their, trainers that are amazing mm-hmm. as far as amazing humans and also the way they do business and their success in business. Right. Yeah. Um, light years above me. And I love that to be yeah. able to have that surrounding, but then also knowing that like I'm keeping up, you know, yeah. that I didn't, um, there's a lot of times when having this business with Alibana does even compete with your own time for your own business. And yeah. so it's like, what are you? Are you your business, Babe Cape, or are you Elibana, you know? Yeah. And um, there's just so much to do on both sides. But finding that balance between it and going, it's nice to have, like, you can have one without the other, but it helps that I see clients mm-hmm. for me to teach because then I'm teaching from a place of experience. Yeah. And not experience from, like, five years ago when I left teach or when I left you know my business which a lot of people do mm-hmm. but then you do lose a little connect you look, disconnect a little bit and so as much as that's hard I'm, I'm trying to stay and not just look at it as numbers and go well which one makes me more money focus your energy there niche down niche down niche down yeah it does make sense I'm not saying I'll never not do that yeah <laughs> believe me I like you know can sleep when I'm dead but it's yeah. definitely right now I think that there is a little advantages to being able to relate to someone as like I'm still hard working on the ground of, right how to post content to get it to be from the salon point of view or studio, you Mm -hmm. know, from the professional instead of just as a trainer. Well, I think a lot of trainers lose that aspect because once they become full trainers and they're trying to give you business advice and maybe they haven't been, you know, I don't want to say like actually working, but doing that type of work. It changes so much so often. So even if they left in 2020, they're still like, 
now how do they not do business after COVID? After, exactly. You know, or any of it. They could have right. left yesterday and there's still a sense of their, their focus is in a different place. Right. So it's hard. Not that there's not experience and not that there's not right. absolute value in what they're saying because I'll forever have experience right, and value right. in what I did, you know, in my yeah. business yesterday, even if I leave my business behind tomorrow. Yeah. But there's also that sense of like understanding the juggle and the struggle and the balance between life mm-hmm. that is a little... Um, relatable and at the end of the day that is your people at the end of the day that can relate to you at some aspect yeah so whether it be geographically you know you relate to where you're from or um what you've been through or what you offer all that kind of thing yeah and you travel a lot for Ellie Bonner right yeah I mean yes and no they offer um a symposium basically a conference each year for their team Mm -hmm. um basically and it's all in different locations. So I do travel for that within the um, U.S. headquarters, Ellie Bonna team, a U.S. There are um, different master trainers, and sometimes the master trainer, which is um, in different regions of the United States, there's um, four or five, they will offer something. So sometimes I do travel twice a year if I'm going to be interested in like an advanced henna course I did or pretty much anything they offer I go to because yes. I am just such a hungry person to know everything everyone you know but it doesn't it's not necessarily requirements okay um it's just opportunities to where you're like oh okay of course you know any of us can fly anywhere for training but then when Mm -hmm. it's a master trainer that I know that's going to offer training and and allow you there as a trainer because a lot of people don't want trainer I I wouldn't want a trainer to come to me to like watch what I'm doing to figure out how to make their train you know it's like it's a it's a stressful thing at that point so it is nice when um you're invited to yeah. be like, look, we understand. Yes, yeah. we understand that you're a trainer coming to elevate your training with some information from our trainers. Right, and it's and it's you know internal and allowed. And um, they're an Australian based company, right? Yes, Australia. Yeah. Yep. How Have you everything great Australia? Everything. I mean, yeah. anytime someone's like, "This is an Australian product," I'm like, "Well, sold. it's gonna be good." Yeah. <laughs> anything. Yeah. Have you gotten Australia? Nope. I ask them all the time, Australia. I know, like, come on, the next but one. it is very far away. It is very yeah. expensive. Well, those are two things that are already inconvenient. Yeah. So it's almost, it would probably create some isolation of, like, who can attend and maybe That's that, a good like, you know, the sense yeah. of, hey, it's so far away that it becomes, like, you know, a flex on who has the time and money just to mm-hmm. get over there because you have to recover from that 18-hour flight, you know, much yeah. less it being probably two flights all day to get from one side to the the other yeah um, but I'm definitely like I mean of course they're like open arms like come to our headquarters anytime you want right but it's different when they host something and you know that it's all taken care of you just have to show up and you know know. Mm no so like I just went to Chicago um oh well I will say they are doing in September a um, symposium in Portugal (gasps) and so that's the first like big out of country one that I'm going to because mostly they do them here in our country since we have so many trainers and then other people fly in from Canada, Mexico, the UK. Yeah. Um, so it is an interesting thing that they're like, Hey, we're going to do it over there. You know? Oh my God. That's big deal. Yeah. And, um, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going. I don't know how I'm going. (laughs) going. Right. You're like, but I'm going. Yeah. We're figuring this out. So I haven't yet bought the ticket. So you never know when life crumbles and you're like, well, eating my words. I guess I'm not going, but mom's side of the family's from Portugal. And so that's on my bucket list to go. Yes. I can't wait. So yeah, but they're doing that in September and, um, 
I'm always it's October October again. My my uh, nervousness. It might be October. Um, fall. Yes. Fall. <laughs> yes. Fall. <laughs> but uh, we just got back from Chicago. They did a. That's where the headquarters. Um, the the U.S. headquarters yeah. moved in in uh, the end of 2020 to Chicago. They used to not really have one. They had just a middle man, like a um, another distributor that was kind of the head of the U.S. and yeah. um, they ended up taking over and having their own, just making their own U.S. headquarters, um, which is a big deal because they only have the Australian headquarters, and yeah. so now all of a sudden they kind of have that U.S. headquarters. It does help with importing because then mm-hmm. it's business to business, and then we as distributors get our product from headquarters in in Chicago, in Chicago. versus having to deal with the, every single person importing you know, yeah. from uh, Australia or having like they had a middleman distributor that then it all mm-hmm. imported to them, and then we bought it from them. So um, if you... When you purchase products from Elibana, it doesn't matter where you buy them from. It's never from Elibana. Elibana does not ship directly to you. They only deal with their distributors. That makes sense at okay. a standpoint of them being so huge because they should, they are um, have distributors in every country, right? Like yeah. all around the world. So they just they can't deal with. They have to have a whole other customer service to deal with all the yeah. customers. So anyone you buy from, no matter what their URL and you know how like beautiful their branding is for Elibana. They, um, you're getting it from them and wherever they're located and they're getting it from Chicago and they're getting it from Australia. So that's why I say to find someone that's near you because then, you know, you're not worried about, and then you have the postal service, whoever they use is another huge part of our business, right? Like that's the most important. (laughs) Yeah. And it's frustrating when people are obviously like, you know, well, where's my stuff? Well, I don't, you you know what I know. Like once I ship it, it's shipped. Out of my hands, literally. Yeah. So it's nice when you have someone close because that, the room for error is much smaller. Yeah. Now, of course I've shipped something to Hillsborough and the girl been like, oh my God, my stuff's in Utah. And, And it's like, obviously got thrown on the wrong basket that yeah. got put on the wrong plane that got shipped over to Utah and then yeah. they're like oh wait this you know and it it got back to her but it's still frustrating when you think oh yeah I get this in a couple days and then yeah. it's consistently a couple days and all of a sudden the postal service like goes wrong yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't that long luckily but but still even in that place it was like well if you don't have this by Friday when you need it just come pick it up yeah you know it's not that it's convenient but it will save your butt right you know, right you can put out product you can pick it up at 10 o'clock at night you can yeah. pick it up whenever you want you just have yeah. to communicate with me and then I have a secure pickup location um, right here at the back that is like a cute little vintage mailbox and I yeah. can put it in there. You can grab it whenever. Um, it, I have the option at checkout to um, have it local pickup. Okay. And then you or someone you know, I definitely have husbands and cousins yep. and stuff, you know, <laughs> going, oh, they work over there in Portland. They're going to pick it up for me. And yeah. So it's that's also nice too when you have that local distributor that's somewhat local. Yeah. Um, even if you never are going to drive me because you're in Bend and that's so local, but not right. that local. Um, there's still that sense of it's going to get to you quicker and you're going to hopefully one day we could meet when there's, you know, yeah. an Oregon aesthetic show. I did a... Or an event. SD Plus event. Right? Like mine. Hello. Yes. And I invited a lot of people to that and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to carpool some girls up there. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be it's fun. It's going to be... It's going to be big. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask though... How does Elibana work as far as, are you independent contractors? Are you employees? Yes, I'm independent, yep. Okay. Yep. Basically, um, it's going to work similar to any other, for an esthetician, to mm-hmm. any other company that you would work with in the way of a skincare line, you're going to get products at, you know, X amount of discount, yeah. and you order the products to the end. So I'm not even like an independent contractor of them that has, rig- it's like they're offering me a contract that comes with a discount. So... Because you're a trainer. Yeah. Well, because 
all of it, you know, because okay. I'm a trainer and distributor. They are separate contracts. So okay. um, they're, they're both very rigorous and, yeah. and, and so they have separated them because some people are just trainers and not distributors. So it, if you don't want to have thousands of dollars of, of product on hand and yeah. overhead, then you don't have to have that to be a, to be a trainer with them. So some people just refer their trainer and they refer their people to their favorite distributor or lo- their local distributor. Gotcha. Um, so are they, you the only distributor and trainer in Oregon or the only trainer? I'm the only trainer. There's another distributor. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So there is, I can't remember. I was going to say there were 70 distributors, but I could be, I think I'm off on that number now because um, the more each year your contract gets higher and so yeah. people kind of drop off when you're like, never mind, this isn't for me or so on. They, they change yeah. their minimums and that kind of stuff. And it yeah. is to make it, it's just a lot like, make it a tighter knit so they aren't mm-hmm. as a headquarters as a business dealing with more people and just random kind yeah, of yeah yeah they really want it to be like people apply all the time like schools because they want their discounts yeah and they're not in business they're in business for themselves right. to get a discount they're not in business to build and grow the brand of Alibana mm-hmm. and um, it's a, they take it very serious now as that they took over in 2020 and they keep adding things to make it more like um so that there's not as much of that overwhelm for everyone, you know, when you have 15 people in one area, then you're all trying to go, oh, I'll, it'll cheapen the product, kind of yep. like what Apple does, you yep. know, so then this person's giving this discount and this discount, and that's business, you yep. can't control that, they can't even control that for us, yep. they have done things where they've said, you can't have, you can only have so many discounts per year, you know, so that you aren't just like every turn of the corner trying to discount, and then yep. You, the other people can't compete with that. You know, that's yeah. not good business. Right. But yet you have to lower your business to those business standards if that's how everyone's going to make. And then it makes it cheaper because now everyone sees the value constantly as a cheaper price because you can always go to Best Buy and get it cheaper because they always offer a, yeah. you know, percentage off or something like that. They don't want that. They 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 mark their products at a very competitive price, mm-hmm. especially for the efficacy and the, the brand. Yeah. They definitely are considerate of wanting to be not just completely like outrageously elite mm-hmm. you know and there are some brands like that that choose their business and marketing and that's fine yeah. they're probably doing just fine in business oh, yeah. but it is not their idea of business they do want to meet everyone at a place and not just be untouchable in yeah in pricing but of course anyone that's used their products knows they're the best yeah like, the owner automitter he's a cosmetic chemist so mm-hmm. he knows and understands things differently to where it's not just an idea he knows how to make it happen and whatnot so mm-hmm. his time and money and energy is going into something he already knows can be possible and then perfecting that yeah you know through through techniques so and I think that's really important because I know like I am kind of unrelated to lash and tent but I carry like Dermalogica and I carry Murad and like now they sell those in Ulta and they sell those at Target and well, I don't know about Target, but Ulta, Ulta yeah, they for sold sure. Out. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's hard for us estheticians because it is a big opening cost. It's thousands of dollars to do an opening order. And now I have to compete with Ulta. And a lot of times clients are like, well, I'll just go buy it from Ulta because I have Ulta points. Yeah. Right. Well, and I'm it like, makes sense from their standpoint. You yeah. can't, you can't, but that's why you have to be careful who you represent your, your business is represented by them. You've already invested in them. Yeah. And now are they going to support you or are they going to sell out and not support but you? But they're all selling not, out. All of them. Well, that, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, Alibaba's not. Alibaba's not. Alibaba's not. <laughs> no, you never care. wise. Like, uh, there's a lot of brands that refuse to, but as far as what you think a lot of brands, like what, yeah. 
you want to represent. You know, right. of course, um, the packaging, the more they sell out, the better the product seems to look. Their packaging yeah. becomes elite. They have a design team behind them. They have a marketing team. And yeah. those are all attractive things yeah. for these big brands. And then you as an esthetician thinking, well, of course I want to carry the top because I'm, you know, this brand is doing it. They're right. awesome. But there is a level of picking and choosing in there. How? And affordability yeah. is a big one. And then a lot of them now are requiring you to have like an MD. So it's this really kind of weird in between where you have the, you know, the Dermalogicas, which I carry. I yeah, like yeah. Dermalogicas, yeah, nothing against them. But you have these ones that are more affordable, but but people can just go to Ulta or Sephora and buy them. And then yeah. you have the more elite like Epions and, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on the other one. I was looking at, not Skin Script, maybe Skin Skin scripts are really affordable. Yeah, not and that one. they're an example to me of somebody that hasn't sold out. I do like them. That, but yeah. their, their packaging, unfortunately, looks like a 1994 PowerPoint, and that's yeah. a really big, annoying <laughs> thing. But, yeah. there's, but there's a balance between it, and yeah. I use skin scripts, at least in my back bar, you know? Yeah. Um, in fact, they're what encouraged me to make my own product line because, mm-hmm. and I say make, well, let's get this correct, I'm not in a KitchenAid mixer making product. Right. I private label, white label, whatever you want yep. to call it, from... Um, professional yep. distributors that make pro products and I allow... I didn't realize you did that. I started doing that too. Yeah. So the skin scripts encouraged me because I realized my clients were buying skin script. It looked like product that was ugly to me, the packaging, but the yeah. efficacy was on point. The yep. price point was on point. Yep. And again, I'm not a high-end salon, so I don't have to have the most... Like People don't know what they're doing. They're coming to me using freaking water and Clearasil or whatever, right. you know, Cetaphil. Yep. And that's fine. They're, they're coming to me going, hey, cool. Like, I don't want to buy the top end price. Right. And half the time, the top end price is just for the packaging and the brand. It's for the it's, packaging. It's, it's the marketing yep. that you're buying, which is fine if yeah. that's where you're at in your life, you know. But there's plenty of people that go, cool, that's a great product. It's probably better, but I just want good. You know, I'm not right. using, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, so let me just use good, and let effective me get into products. The routine. Yes. Make sure, like, my cleanser is, like, a safe cleanser for everybody, and it's more of, like, a, for people who are, like, post-peel, mm-hmm. have really sensitive skin, and we're testing them out, but also to get them in the rhythm of, like, wash your face every day, right? Right, right. Water, oh, I just use water. Well, water's not washing. Do you just rinse your hands, <laughs> or do you wash your hands? Like, right. water is great, and, and it is fine to not it's wash in times than, when you're, yeah. like, going, hey, my skin is, oh, reactive. Well, if your skin yeah. barrier is, like, broken, then, yeah, maybe you literally were finding that water was what helped you because it's the lack of whatever else was irritating you, yeah, yeah yeah so it is giving your skin a, a, a chance to heal yep but then once you get through that in your skin barrier then don't keep thinking like but my skin's so reactive it only works with water it only likes water well well sweetie <laughs> it's it's that you're traumatized by when your skin was you know barrier was broken and overreacting right. and so water was the answer yes yeah because your bodies remove everything kind of like you're reacting to food you remove mm-hmm. everything you eliminate it and then you add back yeah but if you're adding back the same garbage then there is a problem it's versus gonna react again yes yeah so then you're right water is the answer but you're missing that missing link of like it's not just right crap food or nothing there right. is a there is a figuring out what is good for you yep. and then how that balances yep. and in that same aspect of what's good for you this food like packaging we think what's good for us we're attracted to good packaging on products and then hopefully it tastes good and we're happy good looks good taste we don't really care what it does to our body even though we think we do right well the same with packaging like the packaging needs to look good it needs to smell good and then Mm -hmm. we go well this product i like it so therefore i'm gonna keep using it you're not listening to if your skin likes it you're just going i like it 
Yeah. So that's where a professional comes in and says, based on your skin, these things should be good for your skin. Now purchase, now decide what you're going to purchase based on the smells and the feels and the looks with a professional saying, but we've already classified these are all good products. Now, which are you going to pick and purchase? What are you drawn to? Yeah. And with SkinStrip, amazing products. Mm -hmm. Some of the smells aren't great. Some of the packaging, but the products are really great. Yeah. And... The price point. So mm-hmm. that's where I was like, oh, they haven't sold out. They have just like, they know they have a great product and they're going to meet their overhead based on the quantity yeah. of people that are able to obtain this versus they could charge three times as much, put it in a prettier package and it'd be just as effective and people keep people interested because it is very effective. Yeah. But you're going to get less people buying it because only less, you know, and so you have to pick and choose kind of like what's going to work for you. Yeah. And that's how I was like, oh, I can do better packaging than this mm-hmm. <laughs> with my own brand oh, yeah. and then still you know my package is not that great I always have ideas of, of upgrading it I want everything in pumps I want yeah. I'm, I'm a to, I want to be bougie right, right. but, but then, you then have I'm like charge that's more. exactly I'm like that's yeah. not that's gonna cut it out if I move this over it's gonna be four dollars more mm-hmm. you know and then anything you touch needs to be eight dollars more for the client in order to make your money right. plus the so it's like it's a very overwhelming thing like that, I want different bottles I'm yeah, not yeah, in yeah. love with the bottles I same have same here same here but people love my bottles they go it's so simple and yeah they um pumps I had someone tell me they go travel a lot they love that mine aren't pumps because the pumps spill yeah pu- I'm like I would have never thought of that never because thought of that. I take min- I take samples basically I don't even take my whole product but if obviously I'm going for a couple of days I don't I'm not like yeah, working same. on the road for you know weeks where they are like oh no this this packaging does the job really great yeah so I'm like oh there's always that you know difference even the pots like I'm a person with fingernails I don't want to put my finger in a pot of like stuff but you yeah. can get every single last every lick of single, an ounce yeah. out of it you know where you're like it's fine I'm gonna use a q-tip to get the last bit of my moisturizer and you yeah. really feel good about that you yeah. know investment into your uh, product yeah so. I have a pump for my mac foundation that I use in the winter and like the other day I opened it up and it was obviously like yeah it's expired and I was like, are you kidding me? There's so much in here that I can't get yeah. to. Like, one third of it, probably. And they, they, the Mac, it's high in makeup. Like, right. they, they're like, oh, you're supposed to be like, oh, it's no big deal. I'll buy a new one, which is fine. And that works for them. And people $40 do buy, foundation. Yeah, and people do buy a new one because you don't have a choice. And you do have, like, a sense of self-respect to where you're like, oh, you know, it's fine. It's right. Fine. But there's also, like, a really good feeling when you're, like, doing something not wasteful. There's a feeling of when you're not wasteful. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's about what can afford and not afford, but just the sense of like, I got all of my investment. This company provided something and I was able to use all of it. Right. I got you know? to use all of what I paid for. Yes. But there, yep. it's just a feel good, but it's not realistic because a, if you could use all of that, then maybe you'd be using expired product that wasn't great for you. That was creating bacteria and problems True. on your skin. There is always two sides to it. You know, yeah. for instance, people get frustrated when our glues, the glue goes bad mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I bought this little tube of glue. It's $30. It's got a brush in it. It's tiny. It's five milliliters. Mm-hmm. And now I'm halfway through it and it's starting to get, it's starting to get thicker. And then you get like, um, down to the bottom, you know, little one fourth or so. Mm-hmm. And it goes bad. Yeah. Like yesterday you used it today. It's bad. And you're like, what the heck? It's all gummy. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately you feel like I don't like this product I don't like you know yeah what the heck your product's going well it's science there's amount of air the amount of air in that bottle is three times the much you know and it's Mm -hmm. just going to turn it really quick because there's not all of that product and so it's that same kind of thing where it's like well you just can't get all the product unless you use it fast right and in theory that's not that's the same with your makeup right like you could Mm -hmm. use all you could have busted that thing open if you used it every single day but it's just your winter one so yeah it's not necessary but now you go to use it and it's like, 
well, you could, but is it even worth it at that yeah. point? Buy a new one, right. you know, but it does suck. We all yeah. are like wanting to be frugal fannies and be like, I want to get every single that gratification. That yeah. Well, it's like darker bottles versus lighter bottles. So like some people, when it, obviously I asked for opinion on my product and they were like, yeah, you know, maybe a white bottle would be cuter. And I'm like, I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. However, darker bottles with certain chemicals protect it. Right, they protect the ingredients, and I'm obviously not a chemist, but there's something about certain chemicals they hold longer in a darker bottle because it protects against like UV rays and other outside right light sensitivity. Vitamin C is one of those exactly yeah. that can like alter it and make it go bad faster. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'll give you a white bottle, but you might have to replace it in three months for six months, right? Right, right. yeah, or pick and choose since you're your own white label, you can have like this vitamin yeah. C cream is going to be in a dark bottle specifically. I started doing that, and I was like, mm, I wanted it aesthetically yeah. to all be the yeah. same, but I was like, no, no, I want, you know, my vitamin C to last. I want my cleanser to last. I was like, all right, I'm going to do dark bottles, I guess. <laughs> yes. I can't see these. I haven't seen yours. I know. I should have brought some. I just, like, you was show not, me on the gram later. Yeah, I was not <laughs> thinking. So you're obviously, you're an esthetician, obviously. Yep, yep. When yep. did you, what school did you go to? I went to Portland Beauty School here in Portland. It's a okay. little, little is it off beauty, sh- beauty school still open yeah, yeah. wow i mean that's but, a big deal to right? still be open like yeah they um are they even expanded actually so they're um in the south side here <laughs> and uh they offer night school they're just really nice. yeah they're really um i mean it's a cheap little beauty school like i'm not like there's I better went to schools. There's Marinello a lot better. in Northwest, and it I don't shut. Even know that well, one. it closed. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was a shit. But you know, at the end of the day, as long as they teach you enough, I think what they think, as long as they teach you enough to pass your boards, and they've done their job. And at the end of the day, yeah, we all have the same certificate. But yeah. it does matter, just like anything in the way. It, you basically, the way I looked at it was like, if you're going to do the quick cheap route, which really it was because I went to night school and that's the only option for me yeah. to do it. They were the only ones that did night school. Um, and it was quick and cheap. And But you do leave going, it was like a teaser of everything. You're like, oh, cool. Uh, a week on each subject. Great. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is studying and pass it. And you go, you're not really, you're, you're certified to be safe, you know, yep. to be compliant with the Oregon safety laws, which, which out of respect for Oregon and the laws, that's all the, that is their job. Like don't, don't overstep like they're trying to do, but mm-hmm. also don't get cocky and leave school going, okay, great. You know, I'm going to go this. and then yeah. you're going and screwing up people's going to go faces. do a chemical peel now at yeah, 30%. Right? It's like, but, and 30% is not a big deal. If you have buffers, if you know how many layers, if you know how to read the skin and go, read this turkey is done, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> how, you know, like, yeah. How, like, do you know how to, like, right? I don't know how to cook meat because literally I'm like, I don't know how pink it is, what, what, what meats, what. Right. Well, it is, I know how to read skin. Yeah. You know, I know when that meat's cooking. Like, yeah. I know. Right. That, you get but, a little frosty on yeah, there. But yeah, but I didn't learn that in school. Nope. And you know when you don't know enough. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. don't be overly cocky and try to compete with everyone else that has the same, well, we have the same certificate. Well, we have the same whatever. There's mm-hmm. still, like, you need to worry about yourself. And mm-hmm. how you can be better and basically seeking out. I took tons of chemical peel classes. Yep. There are tons of free chemical peel classes. Oh, yeah. YouTube, you know. Dermalogica offers them yeah. for free. Yes. For their specific ones. Every and I, brand is going to offer them for yeah. free because you're selling their brand. So they, Except DMK. DMK does not offer free. You have to pay for their trainings. because oh, it's I a, did a DMK training with... Well, that was a while ago. See, everyone changes. Yeah. Same with um, Face Reality. Theirs yes. is not free. But it's not free in the way that you have to invest 
in their line by a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. But you're getting the product with it. So it is in sense in my mind it's kind of free because they're just yeah. making sure to weed out people that just are going to come to like learn yeah. and then not use their brand. And they did, you know, pay a lot to make that training. Yeah. So I respect it. But it is even, even though we can expect that the point is there are brands that say here, we don't care what brand you use. We're putting out this free information mm-hmm. and then take it or leave it. Clearly you're building trust with that brand and you're learning about their products because they're going to be teaching you ingredients in their products. Right. And so what's helpful. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even then it's still science. It's like ingredients. You right. can switch what brand ingredient you want to use as long as you know about that ingredient and you look at the brand and, you and go, how it reacts. Yeah. And, yep. So it's like. Get the information. Stop sitting around going like, oh, either I know it all, that's not a good look, or... Nobody knows it all. Yeah, or yeah. also, I... I'm too scared. Went to, yeah, like, I don't understand any of it. Or yeah. watch it over and over, take notes, like, try to consume it, you know, mm-hmm. fall asleep to it, whatever you need yeah. to do. Go to, on Facebook and yeah, follow the esthetician pages. Mm-hmm. Get some manuals, man. I literally read those manuals oh, yeah. all the time, just because yep. there's so many products and so many ingredients, and it's like, what... You know, there's even books that are not by brands if you want. There's mm-hmm. skincare books that are written by different people. And take everything with a grain of salt because each person is going to speak as an expert. And an expert I've found mm-hmm. likes to speak like a yes or no. This yeah. is how you do it. Don't ever do this. But there are exceptions to when you and yeah. won't you do that. That's just their opinion based on their products. See, and so I, you have to read it all and yeah. figure out what for you is or isn't. There's not just don't, don't worship someone or some yeah. brand or some information Take that information, take it, if you're an experience, take it as truth, but then keep researching and find out why is that truth? Why is that a fact? Right. I drive people crazy because I answer like more like my legal job where I'm like, well, yes and no. Or like in certain things, black and white, it's not, it's not when it comes to skincare and I'm a black and white person. Yeah. It's easier. We all want to follow the rules. We're rule by people. We're born in a society of America that is about following the rules and being, you know, placed in that box. Right. And that is good. It keeps us safe, right? Yeah. Because yes and no. Don't do this. It's yeah. going to kill you. Yes, do this. It's going to be safe. But there is right. a middle ground. Don't of eat that, that berry. Yeah, <laughs> right? But there's a middle ground of things that aren't going to kill you, but that also aren't, don't have to be just perfectly safe. Like, right. where are you pushing the envelope and why? And, like, what's your intention behind that? Well, and Not just to be the most strongest, you know, more is better. Right. That's also a problem. Think, oh, people think, oh, I'm going to use a stronger percentage or I'm going to do oh, more yeah. or longer. And in general, they could be right that that could be better for mm-hmm. certain people, but it's not necessarily better. So there's this esthetician I follow and I really like her, but she is like always saying no to retinol and vitamin mm-hmm. C together. And that's one of those things like that's not necessarily true. You can do them together. You can. So she'll say like in your skincare routine, don't combine these yeah, two things. Don't layer them. Yeah. Now, but she doesn't say that. So mm-hmm. should you layer them? Mm-hmm. No. Maybe more clear and specific about your hard nose. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because, like, you can totally do your vitamin C in the morning and your retinol at night. And you can actually put, you can layer them as long as, A, you have to have the right type of... Encapsulation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you need to let one sit before mm-hmm. the next one. And really, chemically, because I talked to... um a chemist chem- yeah a chemist yeah. about this it's not actually that they're going to react with each other it's that they counteract re- each other mm-hmm. so it's pointless so it's Why? pointless yeah. one counteracts the other but it's not because you're going to um burn yourself and i feel like um sometimes she hasn't come out and said it but that's kind of how it comes across is like you're gonna hurt yourself and here's the ingredients not to mix and i'm mm-hmm. like that's not yeah quite a right flamboyant a little exaggerate you know yeah. which which does is part of the fun of our expectations of social media or reality yep. TV or our, our forms of entertainment and enjoyable. Right. You need to be a little flamboyant, a little exaggerant, mm-hmm. a little bit dramatic. 
in order and then what do you dramatize you know and yeah. maybe that's what someone told her maybe she is telling the truth to her truth yeah absolutely. but also there is a side of it of did someone somewhere mislead the point of it the yeah. point is valid to not put them on the same time because it's counteracting you're wasting your money right but if she's not saying that then clearly there's not an explanation that right. is validating that and then um, you also tend to discredit someone, even if you like them, as soon as they say something that you find is not true, then mm-hmm. there's everything else they say you have to, um, kind of question, you know, yeah. which is healthy, but also we want our sources of information to just be trusted. Mm-hmm. And why do you trust someone? Because you actually know what they're saying. There's a level of not exaggeration, just truth, you know, yeah. or even the vulnerability of saying, this is what I understand to be, mm-hmm. but and this is why, and then it allows you to figure out why it could be different for you or why mm-hmm. this, yeah. And it's hard too. Cause like, obviously I'm pretty sure she follows me back. And I have a lot of people like that, obviously because of the podcast and the events, I have a lot of estheticians who follow me. I follow them and I do see those types of things. And I, obviously I have, um, videos where I do like debunking and I, I try not to call anybody out, but it is hard when I see that misinformation or even on accident, right? If she's not yeah, yeah. purposely trying to do right. that, but I want to, I want to make a video and be like, actually, here's what you can do. Right, but you don't have to like. You can add the detail that they're missing, yeah. which is the beauty of it. You can be like, they're an excellent esthetician with good content, mm-hmm. but let me add more details to this. Yeah, let me elaborate. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just like a famous recipe, and you can elaborate why it's not going to rise if you don't do A, B, and C. Something that is a detail that they didn't explain in that original thing. So yeah. it's like. It doesn't have to be about, like, proving them wrong, but it's just Mm -hmm. adding to it. And even if there's a layer of you know that, like, they are miscommunicating information, Mm -hmm. it's not about I'm smarter than them or I'm proving them wrong. It is literally about adding more education and the details in that because it got so off track from the point, which is that it's counteracting each other. Don't do it because it's a waste of your money. Yeah, Yeah. but not that it's going to harm you, Right. you know, and being able to add that value into it's the same yes point to her, Mm -hmm. but... Why do that? Why, you know, so adding, just adding the value without it being as some, you know, something, the intent is different, right? Mm-hmm. Like saying that, like, have you heard this before? Yeah. It, it's not, you know, it is true, but this is the reason why. So mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea to start it that way. Like, have you heard this? And yeah, let's here's dive more why. into it. I spoke with a chemist that explained to me, it's not that you're going to hurt yourself, but it's that you're going to be counteracting the product. So why do that? It's a waste right. of ingredients. Also like two of the most expensive mm-hmm. um, ingredients out there and to counteract them and waste them and do nothing. Yeah. It's like counterproductive. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> you're not going to get the results and then you're not going to trust the person you got the product from because the, you're using it wrong, not because the product's wrong. Right. So there's definitely that. Yeah. So do you use social media a lot to market or what do you use to market? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a mixture of, um, reputation, mm-hmm. word of mouth, I guess would be the right word for that. Yeah. And, um, social media. I know that, um, you kind of need both. You kind of like if someone, um, gets the word of mouth and then they don't, they want to come check you out. They want to look at your portfolio. Well, that's our social media. Yeah. Unless you have an amazing website and really easy access to that. Maybe they did a QR code or something mm-hmm. and that was able to lead you in the way of yeah, wherever you're going to funnel them to. Yeah. So I do social media because that's where you get in front of people the most, mm-hmm. um, for me. And it's a little bit more my speed as far as organic content because I'm, you know, my, my, I'm not creating an amazing website that has like slideshows of your work and before and afters. I'm just, I'm just relying on 
that social media at a point it's not great because you know your shit could be hacked yeah <laughs> they could shut down and lose all your stuff like you could lose it all tomorrow and then that's that's not my everything you have the blue check now <laughs> oh the, yes yes yeah, they they have added that sense of security yes. yes but then you're paying for at that point you might as well pay for your website <laughs> to be yeah you know evolved i paid for it i paid yeah. for the blue check i just want to see i'm just kind of trying awesome. it out. i saw your thing and i'm thinking oh that's yeah. great like obviously it's a business expense write it off yeah. There's no reason not to in that aspect of security, especially if, like I just said for my own damn self, if that's yeah. what you're using, if you don't have a website tomorrow and you have that, then yeah. protect what you do have. And yeah. if you don't like that that's what you're being forced to do, then make a better website yeah. and then eventually evolve over yeah. to your website. And I don't do much as far as website, right. actually. I do a booking app, which if you click on it, it like looks like a website. Yeah. It yeah. is, but it's... Is it it's um, Pocket Suite. Okay, okay. Um, They're all competitive now to have the beautiful, wonderful. I know. Yeah, and so it's like the landing page. And then I do have um, like Shopify for products. Mm-hmm. Um, but products can be on Pocket Suite too. But it's yeah. it's a long story. But yeah. I have to do that to integrate it with this marketing team that I hired yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, for me, I got the blue check too because I do a lot of um, – Influencing, I hate that word, but I do a lot of influencing, and yeah. so I have to part have, of your branding. It's part of your marketing, it's right? Your, yeah, and I get paid for it. Yeah. So when I'm doing these influencing, if I lost my page, I lose my contracts with the influencing. Yeah, you that's need to what it, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm um, not making. Yeah, I'm not doing any influencing. A lot on none that I know of. <laughs> no, <laughs> not okay. on purpose. Yeah, yeah, not the actual <laughs> definition of influencing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving you all the what not to do. I'm influencing. Yeah. No, I'm I hate yeah. that word though because it's like I don't, I don't influence anything that I don't. Now. It's a job title yeah. now, and you're you can be an unpaid, you can be a volunteer influencer, or you yeah. can be a paid influencer, and like anyone, it's like being a volunteer model until you get paid to model. It's yeah. okay to be a volunteering influencer and not be part of your brand slash part of your um, job every day mm-hmm. to do because eventually you have to build that portfolio and show that you can you have to show that you're you know yeah. going to be desirable so I think it's cool but yeah I'm, I, I'm not there at yeah. any caliber yet but as far as your question yes um, social media and word of mouth because I am just me I don't have a salon to build or out and, and, and have all my employees you know mm-hmm. it is a little less stressful at least in my heart (laughs) less stressful because I'm thinking I only have two hands and so much time yeah so how many clients can I handle and Mm -hmm. um getting new clients dealing with new personalities new variables I'm a little bit more about keeping my clients keeping who I have retain retaining right yeah retention retention. which everyone is about both having new and I'm not opposed to having new especially when they're referred so I don't want my I like to be what I figured out more exclusive mm-hmm. to where you only got to me. If you know someone, you didn't find me on Google. You can find me on Google, right. but most of the time it's a, it's by accident. And you're booking for someplace in Florida, yeah. you know, <laughs> literally like yeah. I have, I had to take my booking um, software off of my website because people were booking babe cave because they were finding me online thinking oh. that that was the babe cave they saw down on you know 12th and florida Weird. and i'm um, like okay well that's cool on one level that my seo in my little silly website is doing something yeah but um also just no don't book here text me and then i can ask you right you know, hey who referred you thank you i want to thank them which is true you yeah. know i want to know who referred people to me mm-hmm. and also there's a sense of security in that too, because, you know, I built out my basement for anyone doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it has a side entrance. It's great. But like, I don't want just any, you know, random Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 
I want it to be very much, it's just more secure that way. It makes my life better too, because yeah. I know that people aren't going to come in and try to scam me, you know, and people do look for small businesses to take advantage of. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they look for large businesses as well. Right. Box right. Businesses. But smaller is easier. It's an easier Yeah, target. Because what am I going to do? Right. You know, like, so I definitely like that sense of that, you know, someone you got to me through someone. Yeah. Even if, I don't know. I'm in it. Sometimes there's mom groups that will be like, oh, well, let me refer so-and-so. Yeah. So there's not like a strong referral. Or esthetician groups. I see yeah. you get so many referrals in there. I'm like, yes. <laughs> for teaching, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm always thankful for that. That's definitely like, it toots my horn. Um, yeah. But there's so many people also. There's other options. And I just try to be like, hey, here. I'm your huckleberry that became a little, <laughs> that became a little saying. Of course, I didn't make it up. Yeah. Um, but it's a unique way online right to say I'm goofy like mm-hmm. no worries come yeah. see me I'm happy to show you what I know yeah also check me out on my Instagram here to get a feel mm-hmm. just a little bit more an idea for me because I don't I do feel a little insecure that I'm not this you know top of the line Instagram model I'm not this um, storefront that's super successful it's more of like I'm a veteran experienced expert in this yeah but also you're gonna I want people I want to be authentic and make sure that they know they're pulling up to a house and yes my space is cute and dreamy for some people but it's also not bougie it's also Mm -hmm. not next level experience and at the end of the day I like to go to those bougie places I understand you know do I want to have a a training at some really nice place or someone's basement like Mm -hmm. you do desire and trust people a little bit more based on like how much they have because this is our society Mm -hmm. and so I value that but I also like know that everyone knows that's only a part of it you know that's kind of a fake it till you it could be a fake it till you make it thing and I don't have to I'm not going to fake it or you're going to be disappointed. You know, you're going to be buying a course for me based on the wrong things. So I try to make sure in the way I communicate with people to be very relaxed and myself in the way of easygoing Mm -hmm. and silly. So that way they get an idea for like, they're not disappointed because that's the problem. People are going to be disappointed and complain about you if they think you're super professional and you know, expert. And then they come to you and it's like, we're all experts in our own way at their own thing. Mm-hmm. You're paying me to learn what I know, but then you're going to make that your own, right. you know? Yeah. And I want that. I've been to a lot of trainings that aren't like mine mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for them. And they have put a lot into it and there's a lot of time and money that I paid for. But then I realized like, I'm not getting what I want out of it. I'm paying for this expensive lunch and this, you know, cute mm-hmm. Starbucks order and all these things that I like, I think right. to myself, I should do that. But then I'm like, I have to charge more. And they right. are. They're charging charge more. more. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, but like my people, like they, they're fine. They're going to go to those as well. They're going to get theirs, but they don't have to have that out the gate to come see me, you know, yeah. all different walks. So I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's same thing with clients. It's like, if you want that storefront and you want that kind of, not even bougie atmosphere, but just that atmosphere. Yeah, I am. It feels comfortable. It's exciting. Yeah. It's a wonderful experience. And experience Which is what it's all about. You're going to pay more. Yeah. You yeah. know, you don't want to pay for that $300 hydrofacial. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're going to have to come to someone like me where I just kind of have a little office space inside an office building and it's cute. It's comfortable, yeah. but I can keep my prices down because right. of it. And you can do the same service. That's a wet exactly. microderm. Okay. Yeah. It's a wet microderm. Okay. So, so can you... you get a different product yeah. and get the same results? Yes. yes. But is that representative of that brand? And that's a great brand that offers great products, oh, yeah. but. And great training. Yes, absolutely. And, and when you're investing in that brand at 
27 to $47,000 for a machine. It's more than that now. Okay. Yeah. Which is fine. And the people that are doing it are successful because they've, they've made a jump and they invested and they say, yeah. okay, I'm going to do X amount of these per day. And that company's going to help you market mm-hmm. in theory in and theory. give you all this stuff. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a one way to do business. Right. And if you have a high end salon, then your customers are going to be seeking that high end. You right. should do that. If you, you came into business to be, cause it's quick. Yes. And it's already yeah. back. People are going to find you for that. Right. But also if you're not a high end salon, you don't have to invest in that and, fl- and root, like lose your business over the, the, the investment you made in that when right. it's a wet microderm, you can get other companies yeah. products you know, there's cheap ones on Amazon that we're not saying those ones, no. but we're saying the middle ground, you know, right, one that right. costs a couple thousand dollars right. and is going to have, you know, the same. yeah, <laughs> good enough to run and not smoke on you and be right. terrible, but you know, it's about microderm. It's exfoliation. It's manual exfoliation. You can do dermaplane. You can do right. any other. It's the gunky jar. I think that gets people, you know, when they show yeah. the gunky jar, I think people really love that. And I don't want to say anything bad about hydrofacial and I don't want to say, I'm not saying it's overrated. Wink, wink. Well, no, but, but you, you get what you pay for, and like, yeah. they did a, they did an amazing thing, oh, yeah. and they are showing that they can do that, mm-hmm. and they nailed it. There's oh, yeah. it factors. That's why people are famous. They have yeah. enough of the right it factors that combos. It's not just one thing. It's mm-hmm. not just cute. It's also smart. It's also funny. It's also charismatic on camera. Like, yep. they have the it factor. Oh, yeah. facial is awesome. They brought something to the market that is wonderful, and they yep. nailed it, and now they have to continue to elevate their mm-hmm. brand in a way that only gets people that are serious about the brand. They don't want every person in their basement right. doing hydrofacials, you know? Yeah. Not that I couldn't do it, but I better be looking to elevate and attract a high-end clientele to, yeah. to be able to afford it, because my couple high-end yes. clients that would pay for it aren't going to pay my bills on that no. thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar machine. Yeah. So it's definitely like, okay, let's get real with our clients. Even though I have clients that have went and paid for hydrofacials, and I support that. I'm like, yeah. tell me about it, and then compare it because you're doing the market research. Compare it to what I give you, which is a manual form of exfoliation through. Mm-hmm. Derma planning. Yep. Uh, what are the downfalls of both? How much did it cost you? How much downtime? How much sensitivity to your skin? Mm-hmm. What is the end result? How did it look in a week? How did it feel in a week? That's what matters. Yeah. That's the bread and butter to what you're doing. Yeah. You know, same with microneedling, same with all that. Mm-hmm. Like what device you're using, what product, what's the end result? Well, and yeah. a lot of the stuff in the gunky jar is that that's your sebaceous filaments, which are going to fill right back up, right? So the pictures are great. You've got all those little white things on your nose, which are not blackheads, they're yeah. sebaceous filaments. Blackheads, and sebaceous filaments are com- oxidized comedone. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. completely different and they're going to fill back up. And so while it looks amazing, it's you're right. It's I can do the same thing. Now, is it great for estheticians? Because at the end of the day, are sometimes my wrists sore? Yeah. yeah, they are. So could I where I don't have to do the manual stuff and this machine does it for me? Right. As and an you make est- more money because and you make more money. More, well, maybe your overhead's a little more. So it's a break even. <laughs> yeah. But as an esthetician, yeah, that sounds great. But I do have Status. clients. It is status. I yeah. do have clients. It's like walking around with a Louis Vuitton purse. Yeah, but right? we all want status. You pay for status on yeah, a check mark. I do. <laughs> Don't call me out. <laughs> no, that's the point is you have to yeah. pick your poison. This yeah. is a, you have to pick it's a double ended sword. We can't yeah. we're all we're all swimming yeah. to win. You can't stop swimming. You don't yeah. ever just make it. Yeah. You have to continue to stay relevant in yep. order. So you have to pick your thing. Yeah. Ten dollars a month on your check mark is a hundred times better than two thousand dollars a month on your yeah. machine that has a big overhead, you know? Yeah. And that is awesome. And I have people that made it to that point, just you being able to pay that much money every month it's is, a, a, big is deal. a big deal. And, and qualifying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they don't just qualify anyone. And I think that's awesome and yeah. amazing for that brand because that is part of their marketing and it works. Yeah. 
but there's different places for everyone and what works for them, you know? I will say some business advice. I'm like not a financial advisor. The people I know that have hydrofacial, most of them have co-signers. They're not using their business credit. They're using their personal and they're putting up their house or they're putting up their car. And I just really encourage people that if your overhead, if your profit how much yeah, return of interest? Yeah, yeah. How if, much? How how much are you gonna have to make to break even? Right. Like any of it. And like, if you're not able to qualify a loan on the on your business credit, yeah. you need to build your business credit. Don't don't use your personal credit. Right. If right. you have an LLC, you're building an LLC. You're building credit under that entity, yeah. and that entity, in the beginning, right? You have to right. co-sign There's value in that. You can sell that business then. You have right. enough equity and right. liquidity really to right. be able to validate that purchase. You don't want to be losing your house over a bad business decision. Right. So keep those <laughs> things separate for the love of God. Keep those things separate. And if you're going to buy a hydrofacial or get any of those things, yeah, use, build up your business credit, use your business credit to buy those things. Do not use your personal credit because now you're intermingling funds and it just, I want to pound yeah, my sticky. head on the it's table. Really it's so if you get sued, right, mm-hmm. and you you your LLC is not going to protect you if you have intermingled those funds. That's the LLC is meant to be the entity. Yeah. You should not be the entity with your LLC. Right. And you know this is like probably confusing for some people. Maybe like go talk. To, I don't know. Go talk to your financial advisor about it. Go talk to your tax advisor. But keeping those two things separate are so important, especially if you're going to play ball at that high level. That's right. the point. Right. You don't have to be LLC to have a business no, no, no. doing lashes or doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. But when you're going to start <laughs> making those decisions that are like yeah. investing 50, that's a f- car. It's more than you my know? car. And not only is it a car, but it's not a car payment where you can go, whatever, I can eat 400 bucks a month, 500 right. bucks a month. You, this is a short-term loan that they're giving you that you're right. paying thousands of dollars a month yeah. out the gate overhead, separate from your rent, separate from all these other overheads. Yeah. Like you better have employees and be doing all that or have a lot of clients that are seeking mm-hmm. that item then make sure if every one of my clients asks for a, fi- a hydrofacial oh yeah I you better it. believe i get it because oh, yeah. like, hold on i already have these people have the in my door asking for this thing it's a sure deal right. kind of like the girls that come to me saying i have to do brow lamb i don't all these girls are asking me about brow me. lamb i was like god damn it i guess i gotta do it because <laughs> i'm gonna lose this 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 business is already to me you're not finding yeah. that business it's already to you so yeah. why would you not keep that money in house the same thing it with makes my, sense yep skin lightning as far as when people are desperate looking for a new thing to get new clients in yes and they go well of course hydrofacial bam they're already a beautiful wonderful business that's right. getting great they clients, have followers but you're competing the people that already get hydrofacial you're trying to take that from someone else someone that doesn't know hydrofacial at this point doesn't mm-hmm. know hydrofacial they don't care about hydrofacial you know right, right. hydrofacial on their way out as far as i'm concerned as far as the woo factor of yeah you know them being this new catchy thing and it's mm-hmm. the beauty industry you can't help it it's just like technology mm-hmm. the new best thing is coming it's you, coming your, your your time in the industry to be out of this world is just <laughs> that's why we have to keep learning the new things right, right. and it comes out i'm gonna learn henna as soon as it fades out i'm gonna learn the new hybrid t- right as soon as i it think that what's the new thing i tattooing, think like- tattooing is gonna fade out i yeah. think that's the next thing because i think people are gonna get tired of having to redo the tattoos you can't do microblading forever it's trauma See, to the I skin think it's the other way around i think i really? think no, no no you're saying the exact same thing but <laughs> oh. microblading is gonna fade out yes. tattoos gonna Kind of replace okay, it. Yeah, you're right. Feel, Powder brow. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And that's with the tattoo. It's with the machine, right? Yeah. And some people it's, call it machine strokes or nano. You're right. Um, but it's just not with a 
with a traumatizing micro needle, or sorry, micro with blading. A blade, yeah. Yeah, which it's, is awesome and yeah. comes back and it, it looks, looks cool, great. Yeah. but it doesn't last very long and it's fine. It's just that we've evolved. It's nothing right. wrong with anyone that does that right, right, or right. has had that done, but you'll see we have seen enough years yeah. of the results. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Yes, it's mm-hmm. very um, hard for the technician and they should charge what they charge, but now. Yes. Um, who wants to go spend thousands more to go get retrained in uh, machine strokes, right. which is a whole new thing because it, it's a lot harder to hold right. a, a, a tattoo gun. Yeah. But ultimately, from a standpoint of no one invested in that, um, am I going to tell my client to absolutely not get microneedling, but to go get nano hair strokes that mm-hmm. looks just like microneedling, but is so much less traumatic to the skin and longer mm-hmm. lasting because it inputs the pigment deeper? Yeah, I'm going to tell them that. Yeah. Do they cost the same amount of money? Yes. Yeah. So how it, that naturally is going to create an evolution that is right. going to phase out something. And, and the value of something is not just your time, but how much it's sought after, what your area you're in. Yep. So yeah, microneedling, oh, I keep saying microneedling. I know, microblading, microblading. Microblading is absolutely going to fade out. It already has because yeah. people are seeking out a similar end result with a different technique that is yep. We'll look at dermaplaning. Dermaplaning completely took out microdermabrasion. Mm-hmm. Completely, because it's... All that and more. Eighth of it's the cost. All, and it's all that and more. Yeah. You I know, mean, like you're not dealing with sandblasting someone's face. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're not using the crystals that are getting everywhere and you're using the diamond headed tip, like it's a manual form of exfoliation. Right. So why not use dermaplaning, which also has a bonus factor of removing the, the hairs. hairs. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a bonus, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It is not why you should not pay for someone to shave your removal. face. <laughs> yeah. It's not shaving the face. Yeah, it's a bonus. That is a bonus, but yeah. it's not what's actually happening to you at home. You're not dermaplaning with these dermaplane blades at home. You're shaving no. your face. Yeah. That's not a dermaplane. That's not planing the dermis. Yeah. <laughs> That's shaving your face, which is great. Shave your face all you want, but, yeah. and don't pay me to shave your face. Mm-hmm. Pay me to dermaplane you, which is right. going to be a process of drying out the outer cells to lift them up, to plane them, to, to remove yeah. them. Unless you, you know? wet dermaplane. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And even then, that's just a gentler form of exfoliation. Yeah. Like, but the dermaplaning in, in its usual, right, you're, you're dry, like it's, ex, it's, it's uh, aggressive. Yeah. Okay. It's aggressive, but yeah. there's an end result that is worth it. Just like yeah. all of the other things we're talking about. They're, yeah. they're aggressive. And if you could do them at home, then do them at home, but you can't do these but things you can't at home. Do that at home. Yeah, yeah. They just take these. I can't even marketing. do it on myself. No, exactly. You have to have so, the skin exactly taut. You should mm-hmm. be working in Angles. one, two inch areas. Yeah. Not these. I see people during painting all the time. Like they were I trained online. Large strokes. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, like, there's so much ooh. room for error there, yeah. you know, for scrapes, even not saying you're going to cut someone's face open, but like, like you're going to scrape their face yeah. just like you can with microderm, which is another reason I'm not a huge fan of microderm in, in comparison to dermaplane. Yeah. And there's plenty of people that do amazing microderm. I'm not dissing that as service, but for me to carry, mm-hmm. then pick which one I can yeah. exploit your face manually with the dermaplane just as well as I can with microderm without risk of hickeys, scratches, yeah. you know, scrapings. I like, retired my microderm abrasion machine. It's collecting dust because I did scrape somebody yeah. with it. And I couldn't figure out how I had scraped her because I was like, I did everything yeah. right. And so I was diamond inspecting head. the yeah. diamond head and it it was a brand new machine. And what I learned, this was a lesson for me, is always do it on yourself first. <laughs> yeah. Because this specific one had a little like two, like it had a part that was poking up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it hadn't been sanded down correctly. So like, yeah, it wasn't my fault. I guess not, but could I have prevented it? Yeah, I could have. And that right. was a fucking lesson for me and it sucked. Yeah, and it's I, a variable that is... Not the end of the world. That girl's fine, but it's She's so fine, part yeah. of your own personal reputation yeah. and sense of like, where's the risk? Is the juice worth the sweet? That's like a model yeah. I live by. Like, where's the risk? Is it really yeah. how much 
you know, I spent, it be? but you also know what you're doing in dermal planning and there's risk in that, but you know what you're doing. So there's, you and have it's security more, in that, but more someone controlled. else it's easier to just pick up a, a microderm machine and do it. Yeah. But let me just add <laughs> Oregon, <laughs> you have to be trained in all these things. You oh, can't yeah, yeah, just yeah. pick up. Yes, you can pick up a microderm machine tonight and do it tomorrow on your client and, yeah. and be successful in mm-hmm. that. But what happens when something goes wrong? Cause you don't really know right. what to gauge, what to look at, you know, what that machine, like, Oh, make sure the head has a perp. Like maybe there's stuff like that in training. And mm-hmm. regardless of what you do and don't know and who taught you and didn't, you have to be certified in all these things under mm-hmm. the Oregon aesthetics board. You have to have certification in chemical peels in microderm in yep. dermaplaning in lash lifts and brows. Like, these things are legal under the umbrella of aesthetics, but with that legality, Oregon says you have to be certified with in it. With an additional, yeah, yes. it's an addition. Yes, and are are you going to get in trouble or caught? I don't know, but when something goes wrong, your insurance wants to know yep. and the state wants to know, and they're both going to be involved. So yep. do you have to have a driver's license to drive? No, drive drive away. Drive but away. if you get caught Hold over yeah then like yeah. you need insurance and a driver's registration license. all of that not just yeah, there's multiple parts mm-hmm. you know and again you can get a slap on the wrist you can pay the fine you can move along but then you're probably going to seek out the right things and so yeah. people have this want to do right but then want to do it quick and easy mm-hmm. and it's like you can pick yeah <laughs> you can pick how that works for you that's fine that's only you that's that has the consequences yeah but also know that you need to be certified Right. <laughs> Not before you do any of those services. And brands can certify you. Like mm-hmm. chemical peels, they can give you a certification. Yeah. But you watching it on YouTube from that band is not a certification. Right. So <laughs> dip, dip your toes in, absolutely. Yeah. There's something illegal about dipping your toes in and learning how to do a chemical peel by buying product and doing it on your sister. But once right. you decide that you like that, that's that's now when you go, I'm going to be a professional that offers this as a professional and I'm going to have everything that backs me with my insurance and with my product yep. so that you can know how to undo things that go wrong. It's not just about yes. how to apply it, what's the protocol, but how do you undo it when undo it goes it. wrong? You yeah. Know, how do you fix it? How do you correct it? What's the course of action? Those kind of things are always going to be in trainings that yeah. certification and should It show. will go wrong. Yeah. It will. For everyone listening, you, I mean, I've done this a long time. That's been very few um, adverse reactions. Luckily this person was my sister. Yeah. I was testing this machine right. out on her Yeah. and lesson learned. Right. I, right. I got too comfortable cause it was yeah. my sister and I scratched her face and I literally was crying when she sent me the results. Cause I'd never yeah. had that happen. I took it so hard and it was like, it wasn't my fault, but it was, it was a hundred percent preventable and yeah. I got too cocky. And so I guess a lesson is you're never not not good enough but you're never done learning you're mm-hmm. never done making mistakes yeah, for sure know how to fix it right i knew how to fix it i knew what we needed to do it was very yeah. um surface level scratch totally right. fine literally two days it was gone yeah thank god um but yeah i mean knowing how to project what could possibly go wrong and what would you do in that case yeah not going in cocky going i know how to do this which i did yeah, yeah and that's fine but knowing, like, in general, look when happened. you bring something on as a business, you yep. should be able to analyze every aspect of it. How much it's going to cost you to recover from that. Mm-hmm. What could possibly go wrong? What are the risks? Not just the what's the gain. I'm going to get money and I'm going to yep. make their skin beautiful. Yeah. Great. That's what the company's going to sell you. Right. <laughs> the gain. You have yeah. to then question what are the possible losses because they're all always the pros and the cons to that. Yep. So that's definitely important. Yep. 100%. And so I guess that kind of goes to our next question of, like people practicing unlicensed and how do you feel about that? Well, 
I mean, how everyone's a rigged <laughs> question. <laughs> I mean, um, you, it, it's, it's a bummer because it's that same sense of like dishonors mm-hmm. the, the industry, industry as a whole, but obviously they're not in this industry. So who are they? They don't, they don't have to care about that, you know, That's like, true. and there is a sense of, um, there's so many complex reasons. So maybe they're mm-hmm. not licensed in Oregon, but they were licensed in a different state that Oregon doesn't accept and they yeah. know what they're doing, but they go, you know what? Like I can't go back to school and do all this. So right. I'm just going to do this as the, uh, in my kitchen, right? Like a yeah. hairstylist that didn't continue to get licensed or a, a beauty school dropout. Never yeah. been licensed. If you know what you're doing, then obviously you're going to push that envelope because mm-hmm. even when you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> you're going to watch a YouTube and go, I know how to do, I know how to do this. I'm going to buy this cheap kit online and laminate my brows. And right. you do, and you probably see your brows laminated, which is smooth. But then when your brows grow out, they're dry and crispy. Mm-hmm. And then you're creating a bad name for, oh, I don't like brow lamination because look at how terrible it is. It looks good at first because they mm-hmm. did follow the instructions and they got it to look good. Yeah. But there is a reason you go to professional because hopefully that professional is using high-end products yep. at a reputable, you know, and, and has training and then they know how to perfectly get the result. Mm-hmm. Well, how to get the result within reason, right. just like you can bleach your own hair at home, but is right. it going to be dry oh, and brittle or maybe you just know how you've been, you already tested on yourself 15 times and now right. you are a professional at bleaching because you, right. you've done it just like a, a baker. You don't have to go to school to learn how to be an amazing cook. Right. But if you didn't go to school, cutting out all those, you learned 500 times with somebody how to get it wrong. And right. now you are an experienced, you know, professional at that. But yeah, as far as, of course, get licensed. It's too easy in Oregon yeah. at least, right? We're, right? We have competency-based. <laughs> we have all these things. Find a school near you. Go get licensed, especially if you already have the draw to it. You already have the skill. Right. You already have the want. Then, like, licensing should be the last thing to hold you up. Right. It's usually the other way around. It's the time and money to invest in skills, Right. you know, to know that, like, you're not just going to come out of, you know, um, school knowing mm-hmm. everything and being able to successfully practice everything and being able to make money, you do have to have that, like, yeah, that skill. <laughs> and you cannot get insured if you don't have a license. And so if you hurt somebody, they don't have any means of ha- using your insurance. Like, maybe this person doesn't have the money to go to the doctor and fix whatever went wrong, right? And yeah. now you did a disservice to them because you're unlicensed, which, me- which means you're uninsured, and now this person can't use your insurance to go and get medication for the eye bacteria that they got, you know, or whatever. And that's just shitty in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it is, but there's nothing um, that they're, unless they're false advertising, you know, yeah. like then basically it's almost like going to someone's kitchen and getting a haircut. You're probably guessing that they're not licensed. You yeah. Know? So is that person in a salon unlicensed? Well, that's like, whoa, psycho. Are true. they in their garage? Do you, oh, do true, you, true. you know, like, yeah. What typically the people that are going to seek out an unlicensed person or better yet, are going to allow an unlicensed person Mm -hmm. to work on them kind of knows, oh, I'm getting this at a cheap price. Yeah. And I'm going to (laughs) possibly have risk, but not nowadays. You can have that, that where they are misleading. And I think people don't always realize who needs to be licensed. Like people don't realize that lash artists, just because they're certified. Yeah. They're not licensed. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they can absolutely go to a class. It's not the teacher's job to make sure you're right. licensed. It's their job to teach you, and right. it's your job to be a professional and get licensed. And there's a ton of gray areas, like a lot of girls doing teeth whitening. Does that fall under the aesthetics license? I have no idea. Not that I know of, but 
Well, it I, depends on my understanding. I do teeth whitening. Is okay. that you can't touch someone's mouth? That 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 is not falling under your scope. Yeah. Now, why all these companies that exist legally as just teeth whitening in yeah. the studio is because you're putting it on yourself. Um, you're applying it. So at my space, I'm pr- providing you with everything that's like professional teeth whitening. Yeah. But you're applying it. Oh. That's my understanding. I know there's plenty of places here in Oregon that you they apply it for you. And yeah. I'm not saying they're doing it wrong because they're reading the laws and, and interpreting them, them right. themselves. But I know for me, that is the gray area. Is like you can buy this product online and yeah. and, and tint and tint, <laughs> tint, tint <laughs> and, your teeth and whiten bleach your teeth at home right but it's expensive because usually it's more in bulk and it's for professionals right so like it's harder to do but either way the point is you can apply this product but can you do have access to it i have access to the product i'm invested in it now i'm here let me provide it for you with the blue light that helps you know so if something went wrong would your insurance cover you with that client I, I don't see why not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's common that that's in the beauty world. Right. And there's even like yeah. that when you get trained, they'll give you insurances that will cover it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good so to you know. Have, I don't know anything about teeth right, whitening. Right, right. Well, it, and I think that is each state has their different laws as far as like what's going to be allowed. Not same right. with what you're saying about lashes. There's states that you only have to be lash certified that yeah. then you turn into the state and say, here's my lash certificate. I want a lash license. And then it's just a license to lash. Nothing Which else. I don't disagree with. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. Because it's the same thing. At the end of the day, you're saying, Hey, I know how to be clean. Right. Just like tattooing. Right. right. In Washington, you can tattoo after a weekend of bloodborne illness class. And then, yeah. you, and then in theory, you learn how to tattoo. Now you have to pay someone else to certify you in the specifics of what you're tattooing. Mm-hmm. But so what if you could um, intern under someone like mm-hmm. old school tattooing, which is why it's based on that. You didn't pay for a school. These tattoo artists that were skilled said you can intern under me, yeah. just like with hair. <laughs> you you know you can go and intern under someone to learn how to really develop your skills and artists as a, as a hairstylist. Yeah, you need a license, but still the license at school is just not enough. You do yeah. need those interns. So states will say, oh you're paying us the same difference. Right. Whether you go to school or not, that's 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 giving schools money. Right. And these schools then cheapen and, and barely for get... profit schools. Right, right. Yeah. And that's fine. There's all business to be made. At the mm-hmm. end of the day our government's a business that's all about money anyway. So right. we understand that it's all about politics of those elements. Right. But how do you adhere to those politics while also being an actual skilled person right. in what you're doing. So if you just want to do lash extensions and the state said, cool you don't pay me $200 to get a lash license and you're, I'm telling you, you can only do that if you get lash certified. Great. you this license is saying you can't do skin. You can't do hair. You can't do waxing. You right. can only do lashes. That's them helping themselves make more money. Because I think now they should do that. Can do just lashes right. and not have to learn all these other things that they're not going to need. Well, a long time ago, I mean, I think probably, yeah, when you and I were in school, you couldn't do just nails. You had to do the whole, the whole Cosmo program at least at my school. And so now you can do just nails because people are like, I don't give a shit about hair. Yeah, they're very different industries, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're very so different, different passions. And, and lashes are yeah. so different. I don't, yeah. I don't mean... And most of the girls that start going to beauty school um, are just literally going for lash extensions. For lashes. Yeah. And that sucks because they don't care about skin. Or at least, you know, yeah. some of them don't yeah. care about skin or... But acids. in the long run, I think we'll, they'll they'll burn out on lashes and be thankful that they have yeah. licensing to be true. able to do everything. And true, kind of, true. Kind of like hair right now in your Cosmo. It blows my mind when people leave their hair, their hair, um, 
businesses careers yeah and go oh now i want to do lashes because they're cosmo so they can or they can do skin and you're like but you don't know it anything scares about me skin. a little yeah. bit when like cosmo people can do skin because i'm like but ultimately Ooh. guess what people go to school to be estheticians and still learn zip about skin i know you know, know. they learn what you what a what a cosmo person learned for one week in school where the rest was all hair mm-hmm. we learned the same week about the same thing. It's just that we continued our experience and skills right. to be based on skin. So we have more knowledge right. that we value, that we feel should be valued. But mm-hmm. they're just starting out in a different place, starting right. over and having to go and learn how to do And they skin. are going to have to go get certified. Yeah, which is fine. That. They just have the licensing out of the way. They just have that door open because they have the license. So right. now they're saying, I can do skin. Okay, well, you shouldn't. Well, what <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> but what should you do? Learn and then do it. And that's right. not my place or anyone else's to judge. Right. Like, yeah, you should do skin. If you're tired of hair, your wrists hurt, you can't do stand it. all day, yeah. then learn how to do skin. Don't just come out the gate a fake. Right. But do say, yes, I'm going to move over to skin. I'm going to rent this room and I'm going to start learning skin. Right. That's like fair. maybe start with waxing. Yeah. It's still kind of hair. on the bases. So what, how does that work with tooth gems then? Because that's touching know. your teeth and your um, mouth. I don't know. I don't do tooth gems. I'm sure it's in the same area yeah. of like, is the juice worth the squeeze? I mean, yeah. you're making money off of it. You're not hurting anyone. You're not it's doing like brain gray. surgery. Yeah. Like it's, it's adhering, gluing, curing. A gem to your a tooth. Yeah, yeah. If you have quality gems, okay, great. Even if they're not, I mean, we eat crap all day. Like, what are you going to choke on True. a gem? Like, <laughs> yes. It'll be fine. It'll come yeah, out. Yeah. The other like, end. It's not ideal, but I yeah. mean, I'm sure most places can have, they'll have certificates about what yeah. kind of products they use, you know, Savarsky gems or mm-hmm. things that are, are safe for their mouth. But the product that they're putting in their mouth is the same stuff the dentist puts in your yeah. mouth. Yeah. You know, so the worst could happen is, I don't know, like they'd put it on, it doesn't adhere very well and it chips off and you go back. Yeah. And they, you know, polish the tooth. Either way, I do understand that that's something that's in the mouth and that can be like, oh, that's for dental. But dental is. They're not doing it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so there is a sense of, yes, they're certified to work in your mouth as a dentist or dental practice. Mm-hmm. But also that's because they're they're digging into your teeth and your gums right. and things that are much more not it. surface. Yeah. You know, so it's like. Are we doing nails here or are we, you know, right. um, doing a surgery on your hand? Like right. there's different areas of like, where's the risk and yeah, what's going to come of it? You know, I don't think it, it's, if someone's doing two gems, they probably know what they're doing because it's mm-hmm. just not very hard. Right. So I just think the like beauty industry is moving so fast that the health licensing office, no, the, they can't keep up. With they it. can't keep up. And that's fine. It's not their job. Stay out. Stay, like, right. Stay, don't keep up yeah, with that. Like, Stop because, trying. Because it, there's just laws. And so that they can get their peace. Right. That's fine. But these laws don't protect anyone. We think that we're going to change the laws and it's right. going to be more protection for us, which does sound like it makes sense. It should be that way. Right. But there's not enough enforcement to actually make it exactly. matter. Thank and that's you. fine yeah. that there's not, you know, who wants 5 million people in the, the, who wants these men coming into our salon to try to tell us that we're doing things right or wrong based right. on laws. Right. But also that's to help us try to stay accountable yeah. and honest. So it's keeping honest people honest, but like there's always going to be people that do the, what they want and then right. take their own risks, you know? Right. And yes, that's not ideal, but at the end of the day, like we, the customer, the consumer should do our research yeah, and should know is this person, you know, not just cool and popular and cute, but are they also going to do effective work? Look at what 
what they've done, how often, what they're, mm-hmm. you know, because anyone can post a before and after picture. It looks great. Mm-hmm. But what does that look like in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? Yeah. You know, same with hair. You see all these great pictures of hair done and it's curled. What does that look when it's not curled? Can when you see the lines? Right can after you see it's wet. That? Yeah. yeah, you know, and just that's where the little bit of skill or a little bit more skill comes in is when you can't see those lines and those um, roots versus right. when it's curled. But even if you can see the lines, maybe you're going to pay a lot and you don't mind. Right. Like that next level of skill is fine. That's mm-hmm. not what you want. You don't care. You don't want to pay $400 for your hair done. Right. Because you just want a little bit of highlights. Yeah. Okay, sure. If you're used to highlights from the 80s, but like... <laughs> It's still about what you want, what your end result, what your expectation is, you know? So it's like, there's a place for everyone. It's just a matter of what you think your clients are going to value. Who is your clientele? Are they young? Are they old? Are they like, that's, what's going to matter how involved they are in the next level of expectations of this industry. So do you think that being like a solo esthetician is worth it financially? Yeah, absolutely. There's way less gamble. Of course, the people that are not solo that have salons and estheticians that they work employees, Yeah, they're making money when they're sleeping. They're making money when they're yeah. not doing anything. So there is a gain on both sides and right. you just kind of have to pick. Like there's a gamble also. You usually have to have an overhead that's so much that you're depending on these other girls to make that overhead worth it. Yeah. And um, then there's also the side of like, well, it's just me and I know that I can manage to do what I need to do to make my overhead worth it, to make my income. I always wanted to have more and a bigger and like even more in the way of like, oh, I'm going to have, you know, Babe Cave storefront and I'm going to have rooms and I'm going to have employees and they're going to be students that are going to help them that middle ground because so many people are like, how am I supposed to go get a job with experience if I don't have experience and no one will give me a job if I don't yep. have experience. And I'm thinking, okay usually you invest in an esthetician or an employee and you want mm-hmm. them to stay with you forever because you just don't want to keep investing in people because it's a lot of money and effort. Well, if I'm investing in people as a student because they're paying me to invest in them, mm-hmm. then why not give them a place to work? Yeah. And, and then, they do it how you like it. Well, and, and give them that experience, but no, they're going to leave. Yeah. You know, because all employees are going to leave at some point. Right. Once you have so much skill, you're going to make your own money and right. you're going to take and give the government their half and then you're going to take your half. Yeah. Right. So it makes sense. But who doesn't want to make 50%? When you're an employee, you can't get 50%. That The business has so much overhead. When you're your right. own self, you can take that 50% and pay your overhead. Right. Which is great because you like to see those cha-ching in your wallet, but it's not. You leave with 20%. Right. You know what I mean? I might take 100% of the service for $100, but... 50% of that went to the product yeah. and then 20% goes to the government and then you take your 20% and pay your overhead. Like, right. And that's fine because you have freedom, pers- hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you work 24-7. <laughs> right. Quit your 9 to 5 to work 24-7. I but know. It, it's still a sense of if that's what gets you going, if that's what works for you, that's yeah. great. But a lot of times people just want to go to work and clock out. Even me. I want to yeah. get off the clock and clock out, but I didn't make that decision, so here I am. Right. But as a business owner, if I was to have employees, I'm not giving my employees 50% of the you can't. You will literally sink your business. Yeah. And it's frustrating for us to for the employee because they want to say, here, you take your 50, I'll take my 50. But really, they they, they get $20 for that and you're making 20 bucks an hour plus yeah. tips and all that. Point is, bring it back around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wanted a business and then COVID happened. I wanted a bigger business yeah. and I wanted this beautiful you know, idea of knowing that I both, I was going to have kind of like a um, an academy. So not a school, but yeah. where... We knew that like different levels of estheticians, mm-hmm. these employees are different levels. Have they been there forever? Are they senior stylists or mm, versus a brand like new different set? tiers? Yes, yeah, and yeah. they're employees, and and there's a, a mutual agreement that you might move on with it. Yes, you could stick with me forever because you're yeah. going to move up in your skill and your profit, mm-hmm. but also you're an employee. 
so you're all, you're gonna make you're a whole only life. gonna ever yes, make so yeah, much so, yeah but I think if I have the influx of students at my fingertips all the time mm-hmm. then it, I wouldn't be constantly looking on Craigslist for a new employee going my business is gonna go under if I don't have this employee I'm going to have employees that are basically interning yeah that's the sense of what I wanted to do to where it was like here's a Right, and a continuation. We mentor you a continuation of school. Right. In school, you get to work on the floor in the salon environment, even though it's a school. Yeah. But this would be a real space. That's a really that good idea. would have an influx of basically, this is like a student, but they're not. They're, they're graduated. They're right. skilled. And, and then now they're, they're building confidence. Right. And they're learning how to go out on their own because that's, at the end of the day, what I think everyone should, should eventually get to if they can. Right take this as a, you know, there's a hair salon that's similar to that. Cause I saw it the other day and they were talking about tiers and they had like tier one, two, and three. And I didn't quite get it. Cause they were like, you know, so-and-so has moved on to tier two, which means her, yeah. yes, her prices will increase, but she'll also be able to take on these new clients and right. yada, yada, yada. And so it's kind of similar yeah. to what you're saying because it's complex and unnecessary for a um, customer to have to understand that. They just yeah. want to come and get I know. I was like, why do I care? Why is this on Instagram? But it is something for people to understand if that's their business model. See, I'd be doing it because I'm, I'm in between. I'm not just a business right. salon. I'm also a, a trainer and educator. Yeah. So I felt like that would be able to help both people. Right. Yeah. I would be able to have my storefront, but also helping estheticians to grow, get the experience and move on. Right. And not be something that is, like detrimental or insulting when your employee leaves you, right? Mm-hmm. When you leave an employer, there's a little like hard feelings because it's like yeah. you depended on each other, but that's how business is, you know, and I don't want to depend. So after COVID, I realized that the government can shut you down because of, I was yep. like, okay, never mind. This is way too much. You know, when you open a store, like you're 50 to 100,000 in debt, depending yeah. on even maybe 400,000, depending right. on your build out and where you're at. So how long are you gonna have to work to pay that off? Like a house, right? Yeah. Like this is not a thirty-year plan, like a house. Okay, cool. I'll buy five hundred thousand, right. five hundred thousand dollar house, but you're talking thirty years, right? And that's your overhead for your family and life. But a business that costs that much, you know, you better have a. That's a lot, a gamble, you know. And that's fine when yeah. you know every month you can make your overhead plus your your profit, and then it's a win-win. Right. But when you don't, I mean, never in the history has anyone ever shut our world down. Right. So it's up to you to be like, and you know, able to to survive now. And it's like, oh my gosh, things are different now. Like, yeah. I don't want that gamble. I don't want to risk Scary. losing everything over how much per month you know I have to make, and then when people can't make that. So right. I definitely am now like. I'm just going to stay in my little lane of just me and what my little hands can make and my little brain. And we'll, we'll, for now, obviously, right. I could still just be living in a space of trauma from from that (laughs) and I'll recover and, and have them, you know, whatever, wherever. Yeah. As far as here, you know, and where I'm at, I don't have a lot of room for that. So then still feel like I can mentor. I do mentor people in my space, but still they're not an employee. Yeah. So what's next then for babe cave or for Brittany? What's next? The same. I just want to keep, on having, I'm trying to be more organized, more structured, more systems. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm very ADHD all over the place. Um, that that's a there's a beauty in that one side because I'm all in, I'm passionate, I'm obsessive. Therefore, yeah. I'm I'm involved and I do good work. But also, like I dropped the ball, I double, yeah. I didn't double put you book. on the schedule, I didn't respond back to things. Like that's all systems that are not supposed to be. Like 
not supposed to do that, right? Right? That's why people mm-hmm. are like, book online. I don't even want to worry about it. Yeah. I do want to worry about it. I'm like, no, book through me because I'm juggling too many things. Yeah. I'm not doing one business going, when I'm home, I'm home. When I'm at the salon, I'm at the salon. Mm-hmm. Book online. If it's open, I'm there. I work from home. So I am True. juggling like... And not only that, but I, I'm a, I'm a trainer educator right. and I'm a distributor. So I have to make it to the post office every day before the post office closes. I have yeah. to juggle not just when I'm seeing clients, but when I'm shipping and receiving yeah. and when I'm training. So I'm trying to get more like, okay, I have enough clients. I'm going to push them all to the middle of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. all day. So I'm going to see you morning, middle, night, into mm-hmm. the evening and keep that day, those days focused on that. Again, I have orders every morning I have to do. Mm-hmm. I have to ship them out. So there's always that second business. I never can rest. On top of, I have a husband and a son. Yeah. <laughs> I have them coming and going. I have to juggle. Oh, we're doing conferences. Oh, when we're, when are we eating? When's mom, when are we eating? When mom's done working? When are we working today? Are we eating at 4.30, 5.30, 6.30? Because yeah. depending on when I'm squeezing clients in. So at least if it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then I can yeah. do trainings on Monday. I still end up juggling overflow of people on Monday night sometimes. Yeah. In theory, I would like to not, but it's fine, you know? And then same with Friday. I need to be able to enjoy Saturday and Sunday. How do you enjoy Saturday and Sunday? By wrapping up your Friday from your week. Yep. You know, and then that leaves time for things like this to Mm -hmm. do other things. But also, I still need to wrap up the week of everything. And sometimes, I mean, next Friday I'm working. I open my books. If you're going to open your books because that person only has Friday off, Mm-hmm. that you're going to. And yeah. In theory, I don't work Saturday and Sunday on clients. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Those are very, like, that's the most important day, right? Like, that's yeah. a moneymaker, a Saturday. Well, I understand that. And if you can only, if Saturday's your only day, then I'm probably not the esthetician for you. I can refer you to other amazing estheticians. But most of the time, it's like, your esthetician you see once a month. Like, you right. can find someone. Take a lunch break. Or, or an evening, yeah. you know? And, and again, you can come after dinner after your responsibilities as a mom or a woman are done. Mm-hmm. And you're like, great, everyone's taken care of. Watch a movie. I'll be back, you know? Right. Um, in theory. Obviously, there's a hundred complex. You have to get sitters right, or, right. or whatever. But I try to just look at it like that. Like, I know that Saturdays where most people, I would be so busy on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. But instead, from I. I'm just doing busy Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which is actually taking more from me, right? Why don't I just be open on Saturday? But my son is home on Saturday and Sunday. My husband's home Saturday and Sunday. So that's the only time. Plus, you know, you have friends, you have life. Like, people have events. It's hard, you know? And I'm just like, you know what? Weekend's off. (laughs) Yeah. Sunday's my busiest day, and I was doing every Sunday. I'm closed on Saturdays, but now with spring and summer coming up, I'm like, you know what? No. I'm going to do every other Sunday. Right. If you want to come in, you'll yeah. find time to come in. Right. I It'll be busy, hectic days for you, maybe 12-hour day. But still, you, that sacrifice is worth it to know that the next Sunday you have off to maybe, like, just do you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and not and just your still. family. And not, like, I don't have... I mean, I do make time for myself. Let's not get that twisted. But yeah. also, I have... You know, I just, like, I told you when you came in, like, I went out of town. Well, when you go out of town, before you leave, is hectic and yeah. busy because you're cramming everyone in. And when you get back, it's hectic and busy because you're cramming everyone in. You're making up for that time off, right? Yeah. Like, no one's doing your girls' stuff while you're gone. Right. It's There's beauty in that. Unlike um, when you have a hourly job, you can't make up that time. Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you didn't go to the office. You ain't making up that time. Or for my husband, hourly, you know, work, construction, like... He's not making up that time. That's just lost time, just lost. lost wages. Yep. For me, people are going to wait. They're going to, right. but You're I have to push be, it. yeah, but I have to be willing to overexert myself for my own business, for my own sake. Mm-hmm. And it's worth it because I do have the freedom of going, hey, I just took a week off to go to a wedding and adventure and do things. But also the week when I get back, 
I'm going to be paying for it. You right. know, nothing's, yeah. nothing's free. Like no. you're going to pay for it, but I would rather that. I yeah. would rather, right. Like don't mm-hmm. go see someone else wait for me to get back. But also I'm okay with being busy. Right. Like that's, I'm a busy body anyways. Right. You Same. know, so, but you do have to get better with your systems, which is your question. I have to book myself out now. I have to make intentions yep. of going, no, it's okay to book yourself out and freaking eat. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yep. yes, someone wants that six o'clock spot. It's a perfect time for them. They're on the way home from work. Mm-hmm. But I've been working all day. I need to book myself out so I can eat and then see someone after that. Yeah. You know, and not feel guilty about that. Like, right. like they can make it work or maybe they can't, you know, right. and then you're not for them. Like, it's just like, bummer, we like you, but we can like someone else, you right. know? Yeah. So I'm trying to get more about, like, like deciding on piece of paper what your priorities are, how mm-hmm. much time you think each thing is going to have realistically for you, not mm-hmm. for Instagram and what looks right, but what works for you in your life, yeah. where you're at. And then once it's on paper and then implementing it into your calendar and then living by that for a little bit, testing it out. Maybe you're, you're wrong on what you wrote. You're, you put too much time for X, Y, and Z and that feels out of place for you. Yeah. Move it around just like your budget. Yeah. You know, you might go, okay, well I have an addiction of coffee, so I'm going to have my drink every day. That's my thing. And I'm going to budget that. And then you see it on paper and later you go, okay, well, you accepted that, but maybe we should reduce that. Right, right. <laughs> maybe I don't like You're how like, much I'm hmm, spending yeah. on this thing. But you don't know until you look at it and it slaps you in the face. And yeah. then you go, huh, what else could I be doing with that? Or right. you're like, I'm 100% happy with that. Yeah. That's fine. That's your thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of ties into like, is there any advice? And this is kind of like wrapping it up a little bit, but like, is there any advice that you would want to give a new esthetician? Besides all the other, besides everything, things, yeah. But really, it's to be true to yourself. Like, yeah. Who, what feels good and comfortable to you? If you're quiet and shy, and and we're all saying you need to show up more, you need to do more. Yeah. Well, yes, there's a there's marketing to be involved, but maybe you're gonna attract other calm, quiet people, or people right. that are not calm and quiet, but want to come to you to seek that mm-hmm. quiet and peace, right? Yeah. Not and everyone wants to talk at their yeah. appointment. And when you come to the babe cave, most people know we're going to be chatting. Be chatting. Oh. <laughs> but maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe I have clients that don't come back to me or don't want me because they're like, look, that's not what I'm looking for in this yeah. experience. I'm looking for someone that's going to come in and have a different energy than you. And I get that. Like, yeah. I respect that there's a place for everyone. So knowing that you don't have to be sure. Maybe you're attracted to what I'm doing and going, Brittany's killing it. We love her. We're going to be like her. Well, I'm an intense energy. Mm-hmm. Be true to yourself. If you're also intense energy, then maybe you're like, cool, I'm inspired by her. Right. But also just be true to yourself. What if you're not? Be yourself. People are going to find you because yeah. you're you. No, granted, how they can't find you if you don't exist. So please put yourself out there or right. pay someone to put yourself out there. Right. But being true to yourself, not being someone you're not. And that sounds so silly, but I was just, I thought in the beginning, I was trying to be someone I'm not, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be all like, I work in a salon. I'm very, you know, I'm an esthetician. What I thought estheticians were like, because I didn't come from a world that ever had been to an esthetician. I didn't have money, you know? So it's like, I didn't know that was like a luxury service that I thought just on movies was like, wow, you're going to get a facial uh, in a peaceful salon, you know? Yeah. Or a spa. A hot towel. Yes. yes. (laughs) some tea. And and I love that. You know, Asia does that. Like I've enjoyed so many experiences there. There's a place for that type of environment. Yeah. And, but that's to me a little more fluffy. Yeah. And that's just not me. There's not a beautiful place for it. And that's not that I don't pay for it. Enjoy that. But like, I'm going to be doing things a little more therapeutic, a little Mm -hmm. different environment, a little different vibe. Right. That works for me and my space. Yeah. And where I'm at. So I definitely feel like really deciding who you are 
in what's going to be realistic to you yeah. and being true to that because people will come to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you so much coming on the pod with me and this whole tea setup is adorable and I look forward to seeing more of it in the future. Yes, you can find me on Instagram under babecavepdx yep. or elibana.oregon. That is a newer page. As you know, I'm just doing it all myself. So that one's not as evolved as much, but it is clearly more Elibana. So if you want to tag your Oregon Elibana to get, I'll already share it on there. Yeah. Um, you also of course can tag Babe Cave with things, but my Babe Cave is much more active and all over the place, organic, da da da. Um, and it has links to my website, which is babecavepdx.com. Perfect. Also Ellie Babes, that's new, <laughs> but it does link you back to Babe Caves. So I'm trying to be more intentional with Ellie Bana as far as marketing myself as Ellie Bana Oregon because I mm-hmm. am. Um, which separates the business side of things is babe case. So yeah, that's where you can find me. That's what's up. Slide <laughs> in my DMs, message me with any questions, check out my website, do all that. Yep. There's information everywhere. Perfect. All right. Yay. Well, everyone go check her out and thank you so much for coming. And we're now going to sign off and drink our tea and eat all these really yummy snacks she put out. So Cheers. goodbye.